is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 178 of Ghost in the Night, a paranormal and true crime podcast. Paranormal, true, Trump approved. Tonight, we're going down the true crime conspiracy type shit. We are talking Ruby Ridge. It is a fascinating story. It is it's a- not even a fucking conspiracy. Like, it's just oh, it, facts. But there's some conspiracies embedded in this. But I they're think. not even conspiracies. Uh, at least the ones we know of. I don't know. The sniper. I think that's a conspiracy. Which one? He was at. Two. No, that's just that, that's just happenstance because luck, because luck of the draw on my ass. No, that's just well. There is a conspiracy with this. We'll get into it with Vicky. Mm. I, I you should have heard this one because I got it from a place you listen to all the time. But we'll we'll get into it. But we were doing River Ridge, but we do have some. Uh, what's up, Strawberry? Uh, but like I said, there is a little bit of conspiracy with Vicky. We'll we'll get into. Mm-hmm. It. But before we get started with that, we have another new Patreon, Mister David. Oh, shit. There goes the neighborhood. There goes that money. That's uh, what you get. Fucking money well spent. He is our latest subscriber or our Patreon supporter. Patreon. Does he get a sticker or an episode? He's getting a sticker. Well, fuck my mouth. I have been in contact with him. Naturally, I kissed his ass and said, uh, do you want the topic of an episode to do a topic for the episode or do you mm-hmm. want a sticker? He said he'd take a sticker. I said, I'm going to see how so what the turnaround would be for those new stickers. I think, hold on. Is it David or is it Dom? Hold on. Man. There's so many Patreons, <laughs> it's hard to keep. That's hold not on. true. I have the uh, I have the email. I think it's David. Jesus. Well, I don't know. I, I want to get a time frame on that new sticker. Yes, it is David. Okay. Not the David. In, it might be that David. I don't think it's that David. Is it that David? David is it you, the David in the no, chat? Not the same last name. Well, fuck my mouth again. All right. But don't forget. I'm really on a fuck my mouth fucking thing. So. Oh, it is you, David. Well, the last name wasn't maxing up or adding match, matching up. Hmm. My bad, David. I apologize. He's dyslexic. He reads words backwards. No. Well, I, you know, we don't like to do well, I believe you. We are bad about saying whole names. Yeah, like and then know. we got to go out and go in and bleep them so, out. Is that the same last name? He's a grown man. It's his world. All We're right. just living but in it. Thank you, David, so much for your Patreon pledge. We greatly appreciate it. You're the best. Oh, even mm. oh, that explains it. He's a spy. But here's the thing, David. We are easy to confuse, so don't be confused with us. We are not the sharpest tools in the shed. Every part of me wanted to just bite the fucking cover off my microphone right then. Just to- <laughs> All right. Um, but that's really the only news we have. Uh, uh, possibly new sticker coming yes. soon. Uh, David, we are. I'm going if he gets me. A design. We want to change up the design. I can get the design easy. I can resize it and everything. And like send that. it to me, and I will. Because get also, now that you're a Patreon member, hit us up. I have to figure out the file transfer situation. Oh yeah, for the cell phone wallpapers that I've been working on, and that will be yes. For, and I was thinking about that. That's going to be because two dollar. The two dollars. You think I could show them on the camera? You think it'd show up? Um, I have one on my phone. I, I have the old, I didn't get the screen share. Gord damn it. Uh, I didn't have time to set that back. Up. Oh, no. I meant if I just like held it in front of one of the cameras. <laughs> I haven't looked like shit. But because uh, the new one looks cool. I like the first one I made, but the second one looks cool. Uh, yeah, there are. We're going to add another tier as well. Ooh. But I'm thinking about making the uh, screen shaver, screen saver, or what? Wallpaper. Wallpaper. Uh, a $2. So any level gets that. Hmm. Well. Is two dollars the first lot? Yes. Level? Hmm. And that gets, Is there not a one? I thought we had a one. No, two dollars oh. the first level, and that just gets you a shout out. Hmm. Well, I mean, you get a shout out anyway. Oh yeah. Well, for oh, that's the basis. 
and then we're going to add a $10 tier, and, that's and then right. you get nudes. Felicio from Then Travis. you get exclusive access to feet cam. Oh, God, no, please, no feet cam. We have enough cameras now. Jeez, you are, you are peeking like a bitch. All right. I, now I'm low. How the fuck did I do that? I didn't want to touch, touch my... Oh, well. Wow, I did it too. It, we're just we're we're adjusting on the fly here. We're all over, all over the place. That's a new name. Thank you. We greatly appreciate the support from even the non-Patreon listeners. But be sure to subscribe to this. And if you do want to become a Patreon subscriber, oh, I hope I did that right. Oh shit, I did not do that right. Oh lord. Uh, hey, go to Patreon.com/slash GITM podcast, and that will get you shit tons of bonus material and. Uh, we're going to, like I said, start doing an after show. Yes. On once Wednesday. we figure it out. Well, worst case scenario. He's asking about that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we were going to do it on Wednesday, but as everybody knows who follows, the fucking PC just took a big steamy fucking Taco Bell shit, a fourth meal dump, and we had to just reconfigure the whole goddamn thing that night. Therefore, there was no Wednesday show. Apologies. Fuck you, computer, you sloot. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It Although was, I have somebody, uh, I, I want to, if I can remember, I'm going to take some pictures of the inner workings of our PC. I have a friend that said he'd look at what we got and see where we need to start with, like, taking it through the roof. Uh, but basically, David, how the uh, after show is going to work, I will send you, a, after the show Wednesday, we will stop the live stream and do another live stream private. And I will send you all the Patreon subscribers who are who are subscribers. I will send you via Patreon a message with the link to the YouTube. It's still YouTube, but you have to have the actual link. That's how that'll go. So 15, 20 minutes after the live stream ends. After a good piss and a cigarette. Yeah. Well, for me. For you, yeah. Quitter. Nobody likes a quitter. Uh, I will send you guys a uh, link via Patreon, I might just start doing it, get everybody's email address and make an email list hmm. for Patreons. And oh, can you not group message on Yeah, Patreon? you can. It's just oh. a, that way I don't have to go into Patreon, and it's just a pain in the ass. But that's how that Patreon uh, episode will work. And if you can't stick around for the whole thing, it'll be on Patreon for to be viewed later. So that's how that works. That's how that's going to work. Now, Wednesday being the first to go around, I'm sure it'll be fucked up. There'll be some technical difficulties. Oh, thank God it's Patreon. I plan on saying some cancel-worthy shit. So, uh, not out of mal- out of malicious intent, just in general, because right. that's just how I do. It happened. Fucking, it didn't. That didn't happen at the bar, but that happened the other night. Kind of. That got brought up the other night at the bar. What? With that uh, mutual acquaintance of ours that was up there. You know, the one you were with. Oh yeah, I was smoking a cigarette. We were talking about it and said that there was a friend watching with that person that was like, I want to say this. And our dedicated loyal fan was like, no, don't do that because you're going to start shit with Travis and then he's going to pop back at you. And then all I see is you sitting here crying with my phone in your hand. And I'm like, I mean, I don't do it on purpose. You're just an asshole asshole naturally. That's what we love about you. Um, Maybe that person will be in tonight. Who knows? I'm just up front. No, it's all it's all. She fun. liked our, my uh, Twitter post. Did you see my Twitter post? I'm still upset about this. Oh fuck! We have a goddamn. We get a fucking full moon on Easter, and not oh, not a that. single fucking werewolf Jesus sighting. No, this is bullshit. Oh, that reminds me. 
That's why we're. Did you doing, see Werewolf Jesus? No, that's why we were doing it tonight. Because yesterday was Easter. Yes, everybody had a great Easter. The first eggs and the first, chocolates, as Travis would say, the first zombie day. Yes, the zombie holiday. It is the origins of zombies. And I did like that post you did on Easter. <laughs> he says, I'll, I'll be, be back, back in like three, three days, days, mom. Three days tops. All right, you ready to get on this? Uh, I fucking guess. Get on Ruby Ridge. Get everybody, on, everybody, get, hit that like button. Get on her and just ride her like a Harley, baby. All right. So to start, let's go into too much detail here. In case you were wondering, Ruby Ridge is the southernmost of four ridges that extend east from the bottleneck slash Roman nose mountain range toward the Kootenai River. The more you know. This is need to know information. It's not at all, but I threw it in there anyway. So we're going to start from the beginning a little bit because you know how I like to do. I like to build a scene. I like to really just, just, just layer up that... The, the, the paint on my art paintings oh, of life. Bullshit. Quit the foreplay and get right to the fuck. We know this. I start from the bottom. Nobody likes so foreplay. So again, starting from the beginning, we're talking not exclusively, but a very big part of this is Randall Claude Weaver, also known as Randy, who was born on the January 3rd, 1948. He was one of four children born to Clarence and Wilma Weaver. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, that was a good one. Wilma Weaver. Wilma Weaver. Wilma Weaver. Present. Uh, and here's, I wrote this down. I started from childhood because here's a little talkie talk point for us. He was born to this family who is originally from Villisca, Iowa. Huh? Hmm. Uh, home of the Villisca house. Check out our Villisca X murder house episode in uh, the library, I guess, if uh, you will. So, yeah. So this guy's originally from the town that is the home of the Villisca X murder house. Oh, no shit. Yes. Huh. Overlying, overlapping here. We're overlapping now, murders and stuff like how, that. Now, Ruby Ridge is in Idaho, right? Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking, I was thinking Utah, but Idaho. Yes. But this is like 30 miles away from the border okay. for Canada, with Canada. But yeah, this motherfucker's from the same town as a still a yet unsolved, I don't know if mass murder would be the right term, but murder of children and women and men. Mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome by a thief in the night you've been hit by you've been struck by a smooth criminal the alien ant farm version not the michael jackson version uh, the much better, better version so leading further down this road that kind of comes together in the end it makes sense uh the weaver family was really religious but they found difficulty finding a denomination to match their particular views and ideas so because of that they bounced around to different Baptist, Evangelical, and Presbyterian churches. Make up your mind, damn it. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. I mean, they, at least they're not like going from like, like, oh, no, I'm Catholic now. No, I'm a Jew. But a lot of bounce around. He was an average student, played baseball and football in high school. And after he dropped out of community college at the age of 20, Randy joined the U.S. Army, in which he was a field engineer, I think is the term, and was a combat engineer. I think. Is that designing battle plans or what the hell? I'm not a... I think it's blowing I'm, motherfuckers up. But he's also a Green Beret. Uh, real life Rambo. Uh, yeah, he was like John Wayne. Well, John Wayne wasn't actually a Green Beret, but he played a Green right, Beret in a yeah. movie. So and once you play something in a movie, you are that thing. That's how it works. In case anybody was wondering. Bye. Um, in and out. I, I like their style. So again, 
Green Beret, blah, blah, blah. Randy was stationed at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, and after he was granted a temporary leave from Fort Bragg, he returned home where he ran into old Victoria Jordison, his wife, Vicky, soon-to-be wife. They were married in 1971, uh, which I really want to look into that because she's from she's from Iowa, and her last name is Jordison. Okay. Joey Jordison, the, the late drummer from Slipknot. Slipknot's from Iowa. Oh, I, I mean, nobody else gives a fuck for the most part, but like I, my nipples got a little hard on that one just because I was like, I wonder. Yeah, you, you got to be an interesting story to tell around the, the Thanksgiving table if either of these people were around to tell that story. That is true, but it'd be nice to know. It'd be very interesting to, if right? there is some kind of family connection. Like, yeah, just it just I mean, be it's not just like be a, good information to it's have. Not for like me. a common freaking name, right? I mean, to be from the same state, same name, I would say there's some... And there's only like 4,200 people in Idaho, Iowa. Mm, eh, I've been to Iowa. It sucks. So, anyway, moving on. So, the Weaver family, they had they ended up having four kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Sarah, Sarah, Sammy, one that I can't fucking remember, I'll be honest. The baby's got a weird fucking the, name. The baby? Yeah, we'll get into the baby. Don't worry. I'm going to bring save that name for later because I feel like it drops in perfectly chronologically with how all this works. What are you doing? Jack Just being a ghost? A tiny ghost. There you go, Casper. So mm-hmm. at this point, this Weaver family, we're jumping ahead a little bit mm-hmm. here because it kind of kind of lay in the, 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 the groundwork for some shit. They started to adopt the beliefs of quote unquote, the Christian identity movement, which includes inklings of both white supremacy and separatism and anti-Semitism. So the Christian identity movement believes that white people are the lost tribe of Israel. Jews are satanic. And in some cases, the belief that black people are subhuman. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a whole thing. Like there's some lost tribe of Israel and apparently that's the Aryan race. And they're like the, the pure, original people and fucking like something about uh like satan impregnating cain or some shit like that and like birthing the jews and this you know normal crazy white people shit who could follow the aryan philosophy the aryans don't even follow the aryan philosophy everybody talks about like the aryan gangs in prison i won't say any specific names because i'm not totally fucking stupid but like some Aryan gangs in prison yeah they have swastika tattoos and white power and white pride and shit like that but at the end of the day for most of them they don't give a fuck about any color but green besides the point but you know throwing it out there hey trying to catch me a little information fish so vicky who was she was the religious compass of the family she was the Honestly, I would say if, if if this went on for longer, one might venture to say the fucking cult leader of this whole thing. But she started to have uh, recurring dreams of living on a mountaintop. And she also was convinced that the apocalypse was imminently coming. The end is nigh. Repent and save thine soul. As in most religious people believe this? Yeah. I mean, that's not a very fucking weird thing so with all this going on randy and vicky moved their four kids to northern idaho so they could homeschool their kids and escape what vicky saw as a corrupted world 
I mean, necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, I don't. I I wouldn't say she's entirely wrong. I mean, I think they're taking it a little bit to an extreme, but you know, to each her own. It's your family. What you do with them is your business. It's the other shit that we get into later that becomes an issue for me. Well, not really. It's the shit they're already into. The whole, you know, <laughs> the white separatism and <laughs> you know all those goodies. So they moved there, nineteen eighty three. They bought 20 acres of land on Ruby Ridge, and they started to build their cabin. Dream home. Yeah, normal normal shit. Now, I will say, sidebar to this, this cabin, this uh, it really was a homestead, I would say. Mm-hmm. They had a garden, all that shit. They were self-sufficient. Uh, what is it? Subsistence, subsistence livers, I believe. Like, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Well, it's like subsistence living is like people who don't, like that you don't have to worry about having a, a hunting license or seasons. Because you sustain yourself off of what you get from the land. So you can just hunt and fish at will because it's what you eat. I'm assuming that's how where they fell. I'm not an expert. They didn't have, well, they didn't have electricity or anything. No electricity, no phone line, no, none of that shit. No running water. I would assume not. The river. They were living off the, the river. The river runs deep. They were getting off the grid. <sighs> they were ahead of their time, actually. Not a bad idea. Not really, because they weren't the only motherfuckers out there. No. So fast forward to this shit. I love this story. It kind of like snowballs super quick. So in 1984, Randy and a neighbor named Terry Kennison had a dispute over a $3,000 land deal, which blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to fucking talk your ear off over that one. Kennison lost the lawsuit and was ordered to pay Randy, like, I think $2,100 more money for damages and whatever the fuck so afterwards after because he's a this uh terry kennison's a real sore loser dickhead after this um he wrote letters to the fbi the secret service and the county sheriff in which he alleged that randy weaver had threatened to kill pope john paul ii president ronald reagan and the idaho governor john v evans that's a big wish list yeah that's a, like over a, over a fucking three thousand dollar land deal, you twat waffle. That's overachieving. Yeah, what aim a high, dick. Baby. Aim high though. If you're gonna do it, aim high. I mean, my thing is like, if you're gonna snitch, at least honestly snitch. True. Like, I would rather have somebody roll over on me for facts than roll. If I'm like in trouble for stealing a Kit Kat, and they're like, so and so incriminated you what that motherfucker say he said that you killed queen elizabeth queen elizabeth is still fucking alive judge says it count it holds up let's let's be realistic that bitch died 50 years ago she's a reptilian now do you have proof of this there look at her tinfoil hat she's literally like 117 years old she's not quite that old and she's still shucking and jiving 115 and a half she also killed princess die don't give a fuck what anybody says the opinions expressed by Travis are not those of GIT. Uh, the, she, the, the royal family killed Princess Diana, and I'm surprised they haven't gone after what's her fuck. What's her fuck? Yeah, the prince's wife that's half black or whatever. Oh, or quarter black. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Let's be real. The royal family is not happy about having something other than satin white in their fucking family. I'm not a member of the royal family. I just personal opinion. I think they did it. Anything's possible, I guess. I don't know. Did you hear what happened to the reporter with that whole thing? No. There was like one reporter that said he had photos of uh, 
like right before the crash or right after the crash. And he killed himself by shooting himself in the head, like four or five times and then locking himself in his car and setting it on fire. Hmm. That's a, that's impressive. Four yeah. Five times in the head. Yeah. Suck it. Epstein pussy. Epstein should also suck it anyway. Let's not you. Let's not make this out to be me saying Jeffrey Epstein's better than anybody. Fuck that prick. I'll dig him up and make sweet love to his butthole right now. And he'd deserve it. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> because of these uh, letters that Terry Kennison wrote to the government, the FBI and secret service launched an investigation into the allegations in January of 1985. This, this shit just, this shit goes quick once it starts. So on February 12th, Randy and Vicky were interviewed by two FBI agents two secret service agents and boundary County Sheriff along with his chief investigator. So they were on the radar. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Which when you hang it, well, you haven't got to that part yet. When you hang out with the crowd, he's hanging out with. Oh yeah. It gets, it gets deeper. <laughs> it's going to happen. Trust me. Yeah. So the secret service had been told that Randy was a member of the Aryan nations and had a large weapons cache, which he denied. So nothing came with this. The government filed no charges. On these allegations of the letters that were written by the neighbor. That being said, the Weavers had attended three or four Aryan Nations meetings at Hayden Lake, where there was a compound for government resistors and white supremacists slash white separatists. Cool. Yes. They were invited to these events by Frank Kumnick, or as I had it, Kumnick. Kumnick. Frank Kumnick invited them to these uh these meetings and he was an unknown associate of the Aryan nations and Weaver said neither he or his family or Kumnik were uh, like full blown members of the Aryan nations, but Kumnik was associated with the covenant, the sword and the arm of the Lord. But just because you're not a, if you associate with these people, you lay with pigs long enough, you're going to start smiling like shit. Well, and I mean, there's also the fact that, let's be real, if you're a good gang member, people don't know it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, but just by, you're always guilty by association. And I say that just because there's there are gangs, oftentimes in prisons, that align with such things. And like a lot of them, like one in particular that shall go unnamed like Voldemort because I don't want that fucking heat. Like, it, it's still to this day. Like, it's a known thing, but there's, like, you have to know what you're looking for to be able to identify these people. But that's a, it's honestly, that's a kind of a double-edged sword. You know, you're guilty by association. Doesn't mean you're a part of that affiliation, but you associate with them. Mm -hmm. But yet, we've all associated with, we all have friends that, mm, I'm not saying our questionable morals. Exactly. That yeah. aren't the best of people. Yeah. So I have a hard time, you know, justifying blaming somebody just for their acquaintances. Now, he's a little different. He did attend some fucking meetings. Let's be honest. A few. Uh, but, you know, it's, at the behest of old cum neck, of course. You know, uh, it's just, it, that's just, I hate to make it guilty by association, but. Just because somebody's not into not into the preferred lifestyle when it comes to criminal shit or st stupid shit or swinging, well, you know, hey, I, I, that's one thing I never could, could understand is swinging. I'm way too jealous for that shit. 
I don't trust those wooden swing sets. <laughs> yes. All right. But, uh, you know, so I have a hard time with this whole guilty by association thing. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. I mean, but one part of me says, but oh, the Weavers, the Weaver family did live by these ideals. Yes. I mean, they I, were racist. Let's be honest. I don't know what category to put them under as far as supremacists, separatists. Because there's a, a big well, difference, like, but they were definitely fucking racist. Let's be honest, Randy. The fucking daughter, Sarah. Have, did you watch any interviews with her? Uh, Dude, that yeah. girl, like 16 years old, was dropping the N-bomb like like it was nothing. Like, I say fuck. And, and I'm for, like, girl, you were too fucking young to even understand that level of hate. I mean, for Randy was born, what, 48, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 48, a man from that generation. Who was in the military. And we were talking 1992. Yeah. You were what? One, if not even three. Probably. I thought you were born in 91. 89. Were you born in 89? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you were. Okay. Anyways. Well, depending on what time of year. But. Right. I don't want to say everybody, but not everybody from that was born in the mid. Well, my thing is. Was a racist, but it, it's not out of the Well, my question. thing is, from what I understand, they might, they seem to align more with groups that, uh, how would I say this? might be related in some way to neo-Nazism. Right. And I'm like, motherfucker, you were born in 1948. You were a Green Beret, and you're going to have Nazi insignias and back anything Nazi? That doesn't make sense. How do you fucking make that connection? Mm, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I but is it the times. Even 1992. Like, you'd think all those people be like, hey, man, you want to come to our, Miss Vicky, would you like to come to our, our established, I don't talk too good, would you like to come to our Nazi party? And he's just, you would think he would be sitting back there just cleaning a gun, like, finishing up the last lyric of the old song. It's the Green Beret. Oh, I don't know the whole song. But, like, 1992, you know, I was 19, depending on what, when was this, mid, I was 19 in 92. Uh, 1900 years old, you jackass, before you say 1892? Yes. But 1992, I was 19. Trust me, there was racism out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was not as... Well, everybody acts like, everybody's like, oh, it's getting, it's going away. It's not going away. It's just going underground. Racism, you'll never get rid of racism. No. Because we are designed... You'd have to make us all the same color. We are designed to... And even that, there'll still be some kind of racism. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, well, we might be the same color now, but you're still from Istanbul, fuckface. Let's be honest. The human race does not need much excuse to hate. No, we're trash bags. But in 1992, this philosophy or this way of thinking. One plus we're in bumfuck Idaho. Yeah, exactly. But was much more prevalent than it is today. Yeah. You know, every year it gets a little you know, better and better and better. Yeah, we're in northern Idaho, close to the border, which like. People want to act like it's all accepting, cause mostly because of like Portland and shit, right? But like Northern California, lots of racism. Idaho, Montana, like I would assume, just I would assume just because of the lack of population, so you have that chance to you have less of a chance to gain knowledge that gets you away from that old thought process, right? But in that time. That time I did watch a video though. Where the according to a Twitter poll per hundred thousand tweets that involve racial slurs, Ohio's the second most racist state. Yeah, really, Ohio. Mm-hmm. West Virginia's first. It's the most racist state. Mm-hmm. It was like you. It was like racial slurs used per hundred thousand texts or te- uh, tweets. Really? Yeah. 
I would have thought Pennsylvania it. was on there, Alabama, Mississippi. I would think Mississippi, Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, the further south you get, I would think it'd be worse. But I'm kind of shocked because West West Virginia is not. Even though if you ever been to West Virginia, they speak with a southern draw. You think you're way south of the. They Mason don't even Dixon. speak. Don't f- watch it now. They're like. I mean, but they speak with a southern accent, a southern draw. Speaking of, go ahead. And but you are actually West, where I was born, and mm-hmm. I was born in West Virginia. So, but where I was born is actually further north than where we are now. Yeah, on the map. because it it like curves yeah. up the side. Yes, but you know it's, it's not really southern. But you would if you when you go to West Virginia, you speak to these people, you would think you're in the deep south. Because mm-hmm. I'm like I, I've talked about my grandmother. My grandmother had a oh southern draw like you mm-hmm. it's like you needed subtitles to listen to her sometimes yeah well i mean it's just like fucking i mean just look at some of the movies and shit that are out there like the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia have you seen that shit no oh what a trash bag family see, that's where west virginia's kind of gets a bad they are the that's what shocks me they are some of the nicest they're just happy to talk to somebody yeah because they don't know how because they're fucking their cousins their dad and they don't know north from south and they can't get out of the holler but they are just—they are the nicest, friendliest people in the world. It's not entirely. I—he's—he's—I've I, been to West Virginia. They are lovely people. But they are now. The, I will say there—there there is a there does seem to be a higher level of how do I want to say this without sounding like a total dick? Shallow gene pools. Uh, and I think that's because of population seclusion. Because when you get into the right parts of West Virginia or even like Tennessee and shit, you get into them hollers. Like, if you're thinking 100 years ago, motherfucker, you ain't going nowhere. It's going to take you four days just to get over the fucking mountain to get to the next town. That's true. Like, I can't argue with that. But which I mean, is, well, you should watch the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. They're fucking trash bag people. They hang out with Hank Williams III. That should tell you how good of people they are. I didn't even know there was a Hank Williams III. Uh, that's because he's such a trash bag human that he has been written out of the Williams family uh Wealth. Huh. He has no access well, to his dad nor his grandfather's money. Well, Hank Williams Jr. had a little bit of a racist problem there for him. He's a- like, I like what, what's the one song he sings in the movie? It's like f- f- fucking it's like smoke, fight and fuck or something like that. And I'm like, God damn, kid. Hey, whatever. You know, but it, getting back to Ruby Ridge, it's not. So- oh, I did have another West Virginia thing. Have you seen the soft white underbelly with the Whitaker family? No. Soft White Underbelly, it's a YouTube channel. This guy, I can't remember the guy's name that runs it. He used to be a, a he used to do like advertising, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't want that to be my legacy. Started Soft White Underbelly. Great, great shit. Great content. And uh, like he does stuff where he interviews like crackheads and I'm sorry, crack addicts, as he likes to say. He's a little more politically correct than us. Or like uh, prostitutes, pimps, fucking like he's interviewed nihilists and shit. Right. Like a lot of people, he just pulls off a skid row. Mm-hmm. He has, he says, has like a setup on skid row, like in a building yeah. to do interviews. But he had one where he interviewed this, the Whitaker family that he found while he's doing some other shit. And it's a inbred family from West Virginia. And like, it's shocking. And I'm not trying to be a dick. They seem like really nice, but like one of them just barks. Oh, I think we <laughs> talked about this. Yeah. Like, but he went back and took him to Walmart like last month or a couple months ago. That was a good video. Hmm. 
They were so they're, they're super nice. I'm pretty sure the one guy in the one video had a huge shit stain down the back of his jeans the whole time. But you know who hasn't been there? Oh, I've been. I there. can't. You can't say I'm making fun of somebody because I've shit my pants on multiple occasions. Man enough to admit it. I almost did the other or a couple weeks ago. I thought I was going to the other day on my way. I you know I used about about a month ago coming home for lunch. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I was, yeah. you know, and the way I come home, you know, the roads around here, mm-hmm. some of them are pretty bad about potholes. Oh yeah. I was, I would have got pulled over. And if it's not a pothole, it's a fucking train track. There was a cop behind me. I would have, he would have pulled me over and gave me a field sobriety test. I was dodging potholes. So, cause I knew if I hit one, it wouldn't have been a, I was going to say your butthole's not that tight. Fuck off. What? Anyway. You're in your forties. I'm assuming you get the the cold finger every once in a while. You should. Nope, I haven't done that yet. I don't give. You it. should because they actually. I think they changed it. It was fifty. I think it's like forty five dollars. I think it's like, well. I think it's. I want to say. I think it's like forty for Caucasian males, and they actually advise black males to get start doing it like like five years earlier. It's either thirty five and forty or forty and forty five. Yeah, I don't know. Why I I don't know if there's just a, if there's a higher risk of prostate cancer in the black community I now, don't know people are listening to this don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll get back to the if fucking we'll topic that we were actually Ruby talking Ruby about here. right now well, before we get back God damn it <laughs> no no I want to lead it I just so want, did you watch that NASCAR race last night no, brother I just Hell want yeah. to reiter, reiterate that this his philosophy I'm not justifying it by any his Who's mindset Randy's. Randy Weavers okay Randy's it wasn't uncommon for this time, even back in 1992, which is not that long ago. No, especially when you're talking about bum fuck middle of nowhere. Right. I mean, it's not, I'm not justifying it, but it's like they it, got 20,000, they got 20 acres for like five grand or some shit like that. This, you don't move. That's not a populated area. This way of his way of thinking was very common. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not a shock that, you know, Bill Burr's got that joke. What's that? Oh, I believe it was like eight hectares in case anybody's aware. That uh, Clippers, the owner, what, Sterling? Uh, yeah. Who had that little racist rant. Mm-hmm. And Bill, one of Bill Burr's bits was, the man was born in the 30s. That really wasn't that bad for a man that age. Right. Just, it was just normal. Right. <laughs> you shocked about that? But this is not that he's right, not that he's, I believe in what he said. No. It's, it's, it's just common. not that shocking. I, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Because I lived, I was. Even though, from what I understand, his wife was basically wearing the pants in the relationship well that's all women wear the pants anyway they can they make the world go round it's like they control the world it's like i mean that's how it works all right get back men get the last words in every argument yes honey continue with ruby ridge and the randy weaver saga okay so february 28th randy and vicky filed an affidavit with the county courthouse alleging that they're Personal enemies were plotting to provoke the FBI into attacking and killing the entire Weaver family. All right. Let me get this mic. Hold on. on. Let's get you to your own screen so you can really talk into the camera. Don't point that far. You'll be in my screen. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about this first off. If you write a fucking letter to the U.S. government saying that your personal enemies are going to provoke the government into killing you, you're automatically on the goddamn list, pumpkin butt. You fucked. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. That is not a letter you write as a normal citizen. You're not fucking Tony Soprano. You're not a, you're not Michael Francesi if we want to go with real mobsters. What the fuck? 
That's a little. You live on a goddamn mountain. You have one guy that doesn't like you over twenty one hundred dollars. I don't think it's that fucking serious. A little delusional. A little bit. But you know, maybe, maybe you never know though. I mean, I guess it could be a thing. It wasn't. So fast forward a little bit to May sixth. Uh, the Weavers sent President Reagan. It gets worse. They sent President Ronald Reagan a letter saying that their enemies may have sent him a threatening letter under a forged signature. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting... I've heard about this story. This is kind of interesting. There was no such letter. Right. But... But... It gets In used. 1992, the prosecutor cited the 1985 letter as an, quote, overt act of the Weaver family conspiracy against the federal government. And this is why I said there is a little bit of conspiratorial shit this yes oh i mean there there's but is is it really a conspiracy though it's a a conspiracy it's just not it's not a conspiracy theory it's a legitimate conspiracy that the government that has fact to back it the government will do whatever the fuck they want to prove their case especially back then yeah especially back then because like i said time would not allow us to do it this way even though i would like to i would have liked to do a waco episode shortly after this but we've already got stuff figured out and that's going to take a while right there's a lot of info there within the next Two months. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a Because we'll, I, I mean, I'll probably spam out or fucking send out the link to this the week that we do that. Right. Because they do come together. Come together. No Beatles right on this show. now. Inside of me. No, that was the Aerosmith version. Oh, okay. Is that Aerosmith? They covered that? It was, I, right? I think Aerosmith yeah. did cover it. I don't know. Overrated song. Fight me about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the ATF came involved, became involved with uh, Randy in July, July. Let me try that again. Easy for you to say. In July 1986, when he was introduced to one of the ATF's confidential informants, which I'm going to say this ahead of time. I don't like saying that word, so I'm going to probably use the word CI from this point. I do have a question because I I got some. Well, we're on 86. When we get to 92 or mm-hmm. the 90s, is this the same? informant that basically got uh no but i know what you're talking about i will touch on that don't worry okay 86 he was introduced to one of the atf's confidential informants posing as a weapons dealer he was invited randy was inviting to god damn it bobby take two give me a blast so he was invited to this meeting by cumnick cumnick the racist guy uh, who was the original, he was actually the original target of the ATF's investigation. Okay. So he got invited to meet this CI by Cumneck, who was supposed to go down, and they ended up going, mm, I got a boner for Randy Weaver now. Sweet. Yeah, that worked out well. So Randy met the informant a few times over a three-year period to discuss forming a group to fight the Zionist organized government, or the Zog. What is this fucking... Uh... What was that one space? Uh, what was that one show? It just instantly made me think of fucking Flash Gordon. I, I, for some reason, that just sounds like a Flash Gordon. What was that guy's name? The the bad guy or uh, Ming? Ming. That's what it was. But Zog Ming. You know. Flash, oh, savior of the universe. Such a fucking horrible movie. Yes. Jesus, good one. I just, I just automatically thought of fucking American History X. Hey, Tyler's here. Don't What's worry, that? Tyler. We know you wouldn't miss us. We love you. Yeah, I just thought of uh, American oh, History we X. We gotta say hi to Gregory. We just say hi to Gregory's here. What's up, Gregory? 
And Jade showed up. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you've seen American History X. Yes. Yeah. Such oh, a good movie. Edward Norton's finest work. And Edward Furlong. Like, for that kid, that was a yeah, good movie. Yes. It was like that in Detroit Rock City was about it. I, I never saw Detroit Rock City. Oh, you should see Detroit Rock City. It's actually really, it's funny as fuck. And it's got Kiss in it, so you'd love it. I would hope so with the, the name. You don't think... Yeah. Genius I mean, literally movie. the whole movie is like them trying to get to Detroit to go to you a concert. What, no matter of fact, I think, yeah, I love, I think I that movie is hilarious. You don't think Gene was going to let him use that name without them making being. Dude, he tried to fucking patent the term OJ for orange juice. Fuck you, Gene. When did he try to do that, though? I don't know. Hopefully it was before 95. Mm. If it was before. We well, also tried to. He also tried to get the copyrights to the fucking devil horns. We got into a big argument with fucking Ronnie James Dio because Ronnie James Dio was the one that made that shit up. Yeah, but because it, it wasn't the devil horns, it's the fucking evil eye yeah, yeah. and Sicilian culture. Yeah, that's been around for centuries. Right? All right. Fuck you, Gene. You stupid long tongue and your fucking lady of the night wife. Anyway, uh, where was I? Ah, October 1989. Great year for me, not for this guy. The ATF said that Randy sold their CI two sawed-off shotguns that November. I heard that the the man. I, I've heard two different stories that he wasn't a CI. He was actually undercover. Um, okay, we'll get to this. Am I just getting something confused, or I, I think I'll answer your question. Okay. Don't worry. So, again. The ATF said that Randy sold their confidential informant two sawed-off shotguns that November, and Randy accused the ATF informant of being a spy for the local police, later stating, and I think this is where we're coming in with hot with your information or what you want to know. Randy later stated that he had been warned about this spy by, quote, Rico V. Now... Sometime after this, the ATF informant had been outed to the Aryan Nation's security by an FBI info- confidential informant named Rico Valentino. Oh. So the FBI snitched on the ATF, and the FBI told Randy Weaver that the ATF confidential informant, well, the, the FBI confidential informant, these aren't government employees. Right. They're people they flipped. Right. But the FBI's confidential informant not only told Randy Weaver that this ATF informant was an, a snitch, but also told the Aryan Nation security that this guy was ATF. Okay. So that's where the confusion. So that's where the confusion is. And also, that's how much you should fucking believe in and trust our goddamn government. Well, this they're whole, out here snitching on themselves. This whole CI, but like, but at the same time, why the fuck does the FBI give a shit about that? A, it's not their CI. Two, it's just a CI. It right. ain't fucking their. It's not fucking their investigation up. That's, so who gives a fuck if that guy dies? Well, fuck that dude. You know, these government, these alphabet agencies get a little pissing. They get. Oh yeah, the alphabet gang. Basically, it's a freaking. So he's got the biggest swing. Well, I mean, it, it happens all over the place. Well, I'll get into that. I don't even have that like in my notes. I just know this that I'll get into later. Well, don't you this worry. This whole CI thing is very, very sketchy. Yeah, you got you have different agencies snitching on each other's and confidential even, informants. People that like the people that 
yes, they're not government employees, but they're the first ones that are going to get fucking killed if somebody finds out. And even this. I probably popped the this, shit out this of that. This guy who got him to saw the shotguns off, mm-hmm. which you can saw off a shotgun. Just it can't be below. A to certain, a certain extent. Yeah. Certain, and I guess it was just, I don't know the exact numbers, but I've heard it just was just like cubic hair. I think it was within an, like within an inch. Right. Which, you know, sawing off you know, is not, it's not machinists. They're not that precise. Right. Like it could but, have been legal at one point, and he fucked it up, and this, had to go back and take more off. I this, mean, I'm not, I'm not excusing any of this, this behavior. Is in my opinion, entrapment. Because if I remember right, and I've heard, he didn't want to do it at first. He actually said no, no. and then eventually he talked him in. He kept on going and talked him into it. I got an itch. And when a CI does this, I'm sorry. This is entrapment. It's not though. It it's not though because it, it, uh, no because because a confidential informant is not an agent of the U S. But of he, the he is working federal on government their behalf. So he is told he I guarantee you he was told get him to do this because let's be honest what they wanted to do yeah but they, it, they we'll never know to, that those wanted, conversations are never on the, are not going to be on the record oh yeah they're not on the record yeah but I know but they have so it can't be entrapment if there's no record of it but you are still you a CIA is still paid CIs are still paid not on the books. Oh, I even think there's books. I think they have to. I'm sure some of them. They have to. I'm wall. sure some of them, but I these guys I doubt were these guys. It was it's either this or you're go. You you put them in fucking prison or you go into prison. But my point is, they were doing this to Randy because he's a small fish in a big pond too. Mm-hmm. To get him and flip him. Yeah, that's up. how it always works. That's how the, that's how this game is played. Yeah, it, it is so fucking wrong. It's it the it, law enforcement is shoot. Well, I don't want to say law enforcement, but investigation and shit like that is it shoots and ladders. Well, look, at you want to you work your way up. Sometimes you fall back down, but then you find another ladder and you work your way up to the top. Look, Nobody look, gives a fuck about the guy selling bags of dope on the street. They want the dude that's fucking bringing it across the border. But look what happened. What was twenty twenty with the Michigan governor mm-hmm. that plot to kidnap her yeah what was it i don't know the exact numbers but i've heard half of those people involved in that were either ci were ci's for the fbi yeah like seven out of 14 what i don't know the exact number mm-hmm. but over half of them were ci's mm-hmm. so you don't i mean bullshit at that point that's just a bunch of guys See, and it, well and it makes you it makes you question how the thought process though are those dim or is it just me uh yeah, anyway, but it makes you question the thought process. Like, do we just have a bunch of dumb motherfuckers that think that they're above the law now because they're working with it? Probably. But my point is, like in that case in Michigan, who came up with the fucking idea? And I, the, I don't put it past the government, to, but I would right. I would be kind of surprised if they ever cop to it. Oh, a, 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 because that wouldn't happen. B, just because. That's pretty dumb. But it's just some shady. Like, they do some shady shit, but they don't do, they traditionally don't do dumb shady shit. It's shady. Not dumb in the way that they're going to get caught for but, it. But Randy's, no, odds are, I'm not saying Randy's a Satan by any stretch, but. Oh, no, I'm, I like, up, up to this point, I'm. Randy's just a hardhead, stupid motherfucker. Yeah, up to point. this point, like, I don't like him, but I don't. Like I, I don't think like throw him in jail forever. I mean, it's not like he was an arms dealer. No, and it's not even like, like from what I understand, it's not like he had a massive cachet of weapons. No. He probably had no more weapons than what would be needed to most would people that live in that area to hunt and stuff for everybody's got a family. I mean, yeah, there's probably some fucking, some extracurricular fun shit. It wasn't but, Waco where they had a shit tunnel. Yeah. It wasn't that. Yeah. But 
But you know that you know they say like if if they had armed everybody in that building in Waco, they could have just completely mowed down all those federal agents. Oh, yeah. Like we, we like with what they they theorized that was because we don't know for but sure. They theorized what with what they are pretty sure was in that building and the number of people they could have just absolutely decimated those federal agents. But. Before they brought the tanks in, of course, because there was fucking tanks at Waco. But we'll get into that in a later episode. But, you know, even what the firepower that, the, which we, we, I'm sure you're going to get into, mm -hmm. what they brought to this mm -hmm. is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And there's what, it turns out, not to get ahead, there's only, what, three adults and four kids in that cabin? Not even. Well, Two one, adults. Well, that one was like 23. That one wasn't a son he was a friend but he's like 20 23 was he yeah, i didn't he, even he was uh yeah he was, maybe he was with the younger one what would you get next when i don't dog, know when on, on, on ones like yeah. this i don't really pay attention right. to ages unless it's kid it's either kids or adults there was and one even if he's like 23 he's a fucking kid re, well technically three adults that's yeah yeah like but, in the eyes of the law but what, i mean he's still a fucking stupid kid and what they brought for this i mean fuck jesus yeah lord have mercy so Moving on again, the, the the FBI snitch snitching on the ATF snitch. That's a whole other level of fucking ridiculousness. They, Leave it to the government to fuck something up. Always. So the ATF tried to leverage the sawed-off shotgun charge against Randy to get him to become a confidential informant himself, but he said, "Nah, fuck that. Mama ain't raised no hoe. I ain't gonna snitch for nobody. Snitches, fuck you, pig. Get out of my face. Smells like bacon in here, bitch. Get the fuck up out of here. I'm gone." I'm Randy fucking Weaver. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously, subsequently, the ATF did file the gun charges against him in June of 1990. Yes, uh, <laughs> Gregory, you're right. We will get into that when we cover Waco. You are correct. They, mm. I mean, mm. but we'll get into that. Down it's the not line. the guns I have the problem with with that one. We'll get into that down the line. It's David Koresh. That motherfucker knew what he was doing the whole time. Don't he was a sly motherfucker. Don't People don't give him credit. So the ATF alleged that Randy was a bank robber with criminal convictions, which was completely fucking false. They don't just completely they pulled that out of their ass to, to criminalize this man. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good fucking story. They, that's what they did. But he was so he was indicted in December 1994, uh, making, possessing, but not selling illegal weapons. Basically, the sawed off. Yeah. We're sawing those shotguns off. So at this point, the ATF concluded that it would be too dangerous to try to take Randy because he was a bank robber, remember, at this point, according to them. So they assumed they, 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 they said it was too dangerous to go get him from his property. So what they did is they posed as stranded motor stranded motorists and they arrested randy weaver when him and vicky stopped to help them this is why i don't stop and help anybody fuck them i will sometimes if i can if i look at him and i'm like okay there's nobody else in the car and i can body slam that bitch maybe or if it was like you i'm definitely driving past I, which I, it would probably be me or you because fucking my car is a piece of shit Yours isn't, but we just have a knack for seeing each other like multiple times a if week I was on the broke road. Down the side of the road, you drive on by, fucking me off as you drove by. Yeah, and then I'd come back like twenty minutes later with like with like a fucking Mountain Dew and like the tool, like a tool bag. Right. Like, where'd you get the tool bag? 
we're going to have to take this tool bag and fix your front door after this, but I'm here. Don't worry. I told, I told the neighbor to watch out. They were leaving, but I told them. Right. Um, <laughs> but this is why, of course, but if I you're mean, fucking, it, 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 it there's, there's two parts to this for me. One, not a bad idea by the government. No. Not a, not a bad idea. Two, at least to some extent, it had, this has to speak to the type of people that we're dealing with. As in Randy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people don't stop to help people. Like, there's that. Uh, but now I will say, uh, now that I'm thinking of this again, added level of bumfuck middle of nowhere. Right. And he probably had guns with him. Right. Because when you live in the bumfuck middle of nowhere and you have guns, you have guns on you. I mean, fuck. Kids, like, my dad fucking would go to school and his friends would have fucking rifles in their truck on a gun well, rack I, at school. I remember that. Yeah. Like, so I guess like I I originally thought I was like clearly they're not total shitbag people which I don't think that they are, but but I, I read I was watching or read something there it was a about people there are two types of people they they call it the shopping cart there are two types of people one person that'll put the take the shopping cart back to the cares corral mm-hmm. and one just leave it I hate those people there those are the two types of people in this world and basically there's those to translate to this story there's the people that will stop mm. and the people that won't. If it's like, the if, if it's stop. the middle of nowhere, I'm at least going to be in like the middle of the night or some shit. I'm at least going to like roll by and be like, are you, are you good? Yeah. Do you want me to call somebody for you with my window cracked open this much and the car still in drive? Remember that kids keep the car in drive. If you're going to do something like this. And it depends on the, the people that are stopped. Well, yeah, if it's a dude, yeah, if it's, if it's a guy in a polo and fucking golf pants and, like, three kids crying in the back seat, I'm going to, you know. Hey, Jared, what are you doing? You want me to teach you how to fucking change a tire in front of your wife and emasculate you like she does on a daily basis with your with her BBC cuck bull? Well, like, if it's a, a dude by himself, I might call. I said, stop. and say, hey, dude, you need me to call somebody for you? Right. Or, what's up? You all right? Because. Mm. I'm not to be sexist, but a man's more likely to know how to change a tire, more likely to be able to impromptu fix something that, you know, well, well not, not, anymore. not necessarily, but if <laughs> well, I, not anymore, but if it is like a woman with children, oh, 100%. I, I'm not being, I mean, of course, nowadays, now I'm a dick for doing that. I don't need a man, but you know, I'm more likely to stop. Yeah. Because I understand that they're less like the odds of them not knowing or not saying, oh, women are like this. So don't get, I don't need fucking emails. Stereotypically, right? I mean, I'm in, in the world that we know. But also, if there's a man in the car, like you said, with kids, I'm going to probably stop too, because those kids don't need to be out there right. in the environment. In that, yeah, because then they're going to get beat because they're going right. to drop the lug nuts from the hubcap and they go, "Oh, fudge!" <laughs> a great movie. If you don't get that reference, just fucking stop listening now. You're gonna shoot your eye out. So. Yeah, there's that. But again, fucking good idea by the government. That, right. In a place like, like that, in a place like that's the other thing is in a place like that. But like but, you're the odds of you running into fucking uh, uh, a mafia hitman in the mountains of Idaho or Richard Kuklinski. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's probably pretty low. Hey, you're that, probably running into a neighbor or somebody that's going camping. That's how Kuklinski killed that cop. Stopped on the side of the road. Yeah, but that was down south. <laughs> Uh, but like you said, like what you said before, this shows does show this 
he's not a cold-hearted bad person. Yeah, like there's thought for other humans in his head. In, in his DNA. He Yeah. Now, good people make bad choices all the time. Mm-hmm. And good people, this is going to sound so fucking bad. Good people can have some fucked up thoughts too. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say something totally different. I, I mean, thought you were going to say and good people are white. And I was going to go, "Phil?" <laughs> no. No, I'm just saying even I knew you wanted to do this story for a reason. I'm just saying good people can have some fucked up beliefs as well. Oh yeah. But deep down like, like I think I think that I would say I'm a good person and I'm a fucking psychopath in some ways. Oh, I mean I Oh, see, I'm a little different. I'm a good person to people I like. You're it's, still yeah, but you're still not it, a bad person to somebody even if you it, don't like somebody. It's like I was telling somebody Saturday. I think that's the line really is who is if you have the the I don't want to say ability because everybody has the ability. If you have a line where you actually become a shitbag person. Like Saturday, I was talking to an employee of your establishment. Mm-hmm. And we know who I'm talking about who was working that night. Mm-hmm. And I was messing with her a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, giving her a little shit. And it basically she said something. I said, you know, I'm just yanking your chain. You know, I, I'm fucking with you because I like you. Yeah. If I did not like you, I would not be fucking with you. Yeah, I've had a, I've had that conversation so many times. Like, you always fuck with me. I'm like, motherfucker, if I'm speaking to you, if I'm speaking exactly. to you on my own accord, I fuck with you in some way. That's my line. And what I tell me, if I don't fuck with you, I won't fuck with you. And if I just tolerate you, you will get one word answers. Yeah. And if I, unless you ask me a, like, in detailed question and then you're not going to get like a it's not going to turn into a bro right. talk might you it might turn into a fucking ted talk i mean if it's the right question all my easter basket just had a bunch of dinosaur stuff in it and shit i was I like yes. really if it's about dinosaurs you pack a fucking yes. all right but i'm just saying better half was like talking to one of her nieces or nephews she was like travis loves dinosaurs i was like i do love dinosaurs <laughs> he's a three-year-old boy at heart i still have that inflatable pterodactyl ready to bring that over here sometime it's fucking pretty big though it's got like a six it's got to have like a five or six foot wingspan we can hang it right here like it's fucking stuffed but it's like orange and green so but like i was saying he randy is not a complete douchebag no made some bad choices has some bad ideals has some bad maybe some questionable morals right, in some ways deep down he does have some 100 percent. yeah yeah not to i'm not saying he was right in any way shape or form even in this situation both parties on this which i didn't mention both parties on this fucked up mm-hmm. oh yeah that led to this oh yeah math, this horrendous shit oh yeah so okay. go ahead he got arrested by the the sneaky cops sneaky cops and then he he got locked up. He got released on bail. Um, he was told he was told a date of the nineteenth for his trial. Yes, perfectly fine. Cool. He gave his attorneys the contact information where he could where they could it, send him letters because be he didn't have a phone. Let's be honest. It was a public defendant. Yes, yeah, so it was an appointed. Right. attorney so they are not the fucking best and i think the lawyer plays a big fucking role in why this went downhill south and you'll get to that he doesn't not but a lot of people in the court system play a, a role in this right one, from this point on well i'm just saying if he would have fucking done his job yeah try to do his job a little bit better if anybody in this court system would have done their fucking job this probably if the, if the judge if the judge would have been like if the judge right. even would have been like uh what what do they call 
lawyers in court, uh, counsel, counselor, you're a fucking idiot. Let's do this. The judge could have easily done that, but he didn't. Right. So we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Right. So he's giving a court date of the 19th. The judge moves the hearing to the 20th to allow more travel time because there was a government holiday. President Stabley at the time. Sorry, I wasn't on camera. This is a really, is that really a holiday? So, yeah. So Randy's attorney was informed of this and he sent several letters over like a three week, I think over a three week period, he sent three letters to Randy about this. And he even got in touch with people who knew Randy that I don't know if they were neighbors or just acquaintances to let him know that they had changed the date from the 19th to the 20th. Obviously, this didn't work. Or, or we're in February? Yes. Oh, no. March. Originally, it was February 19th, and it got changed to March 20th. Yes. Right, right okay. Yes, February right. into March. Right. So, I'm pretty sure. You can check if you want. Wait, I, I'm trying to think. I thought it got changed another time. I've got all this. Sh- I've got multiple levels of notes here. I thought it got changed another time because I thought they were going to give him. They knew he had Oh, well, I may be wrong on that. That's not the FBI or ATF or the marshals. Because at this point, okay, here I got. I, I've got. I've got. Oh, that's my, what. That's what I, I, I subtext my okay, that's my what, written notes. Okay. I, so, uh, January twenty second, the judge in the case appointed attorney Everett Hoffmeister as Weaver's legal representative. The same day, Weaver called pro, probation officer Carl Richens, Rickens and told him that he had been instructed to contact Rickens on that date. He did not have the case file at that time, so he asked Weaver to leave his contact information, so which he did. According to Rickens, Weaver did not give him a telephone number because he didn't fucking have one, dick nose. Uh, Hoffmeister sent Weaver letters on January 19th, 31st, February 5th, asking Weaver to contact him on his defense within to talk to him about his defense on the federal court system, within the federal court system. On February 5th, the trial date was changed from February 19th to February 20th. So we're talking January to, to February. Right. You know, blah, 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 blah. So on the 7th, Rickens sent Weaver a letter indicating that he had the case file and needed to talk to him. February 8th, Hoffmeister tried to contact him. Uh, nothing. Uh, so he got a hold of some people that knew Randy, asking him, told them to have Randy call him or get a hold of him. And... Uh, he actually told the U.S. District Court Judge Harold Lyman Ryan that he had been unable to reach Weaver before the scheduled court date. Right. Yeah. So when he and when he didn't appear on the, uh... I don't even know why I wrote them out. I'm just gonna go with go to these. Yeah, <laughs> these are much better notes. I don't know why I tried to paraphrase my way through this one. <laughs> Excuse me. Where's my pen? Right there. I know I need to take this with me. I fucking couldn't find my other one. It's my favorite pen. Well, take it. I yeah, got an abundance it. of pen. I got two just sitting right fucking here. Phil's part of the Pen 15 Club. <laughs> so when Randy didn't show up for court on the 20th, uh, the judge, uh, Judge or Your Honor or whatever the fuck, Ryan issued a bench warrant for failure to appear, which is, that's normal. You expect that. Well, I thought it went from, uh, I must have got something. I thought it went from the 20th of March to, they bumped it up to February Mm-mm. 19th. Because I could have swore I heard somewhere that they gave him, they when he didn't show, they, they were going to give him till see if he showed up for the second date. 
That's, no. why they, that's why they didn't go in right away. That was just the one day. Well, I mean, oh. it's never right away, but yeah, they just kicked it the one day because of the government holiday. Why would they give you an extra month for travel because of a government because, holiday? Oh, no, no, no. That was... So, his paperwork said... If I, I thought his paperwork said the 20th, but they bumped it to the 19th or bumped, moved it back or forward to February. Okay. I, I don't Well, it doesn't wait, matter. It's, it's wait, either or. Wait. It's the fucking internet. I got you. Gotcha. On February 7th, Rickon sent Weaver a letter in, indicating that he had the case file and he needed to talk to him. This letter, this is where you're, okay. this is what you're thinking. This letter, for no fucking reason, said that it had been moved to March 20th. Right. Okay. That's, that's where it comes in. Right. Because that letter was just completely. It, it was a typo. Somebody fucked up hard on that right. one. That's what it was. That's what it was. Because if I remember right, the when they issued that bench warrant, the ATF was at that point. It, as soon as they issue the bench warrant, it goes to the U.S. Marshals because that's mm-hmm. basically the because it's a it's a United States court. It's right. Not, that it's US not Marshals, fucking boundary county. It's U.S. Marshals. Yeah, the U.S. Marshals that, and they, police for the nation. And they even realized there was about this letter well that's what we're getting into now okay so february 26 ken keller who was a reporter for the kootenai valley times uh called the u.s probation office and asked if randy didn't show up to court because the letter that he was sent by this rickens or richens guy had the incorrect date and they so they did their they did their their homework a little bit found the letter and chief probation officer terrence hummel contacted uh the this uh why can't i fucking word this media guy fucking reporter sorry jesus fuck so yeah so the chief probation officer terrence hummel got back in touch with this reporter and he informed them and told them of the incorrect date in the letter now hummel terrence hummel also contacted the marshal service and Weaver's attorney informing both of them of the area area. God damn it of the error. And however, judge Ryan refused to withdraw the bench warrant, even with that information. So he was a kind of a, kind of a dick. It, this is where it starts to get real fucking swifty with how they handled this whole goddamn thing. Really? So at this point, the marshal service, since they are the ones that police this kind of stuff and handle this kind of stuff, the United States Marshal Service agreed that they would put off executing this warrant until after March 20th, because since that's the date that Randy Weaver would have gotten in that letter, they were waiting to see if he showed up. Kind yeah. Of giving him a little bit of a benefit. Of well, because the it was said that if he were to show up on March 20th, the Department of Justice claimed that they would drop that warrant. But the U.S. Attorney's Office called a grand jury on March 14th and the U S attorney's office did not inform the grand jury of Rickon's letter and the grand jury issued an indictment for failure to appear. So now we have a bench warrant being turned into an indictment, which is for fucking nothing. Right. But in their defense, he wasn't, he didn't show He didn't show. He was, I I don't think he was ever going to show. He was never going to show. No, but that's neither here nor there. So when, when, when Randy Weaver's case passed from the ATF to the United States Marshal Service, 
No one told the marshals that the ATF had attempted to solicit him as an informant. What we have here is Dude, there's so much. a failure to communicate. Yes. So, as we said earlier, the United States Marshal Service is the law enforcement arm of the federal court right. system. And they were responsible now to arrest and bring Randy Weaver in, right. who now he's a fugitive in the eyes of the federal government. And I mean, he, no, he just, all he did was stay at his cabin and he threatened to resist any attempts to take him from his property. Because something you haven't touched, he had a strong distrust for the government. Oh, like a motherfucker. Like most militia. I mean, it says that right there. He had an intense distrust of the government. A lot of militia types do. I mean, I think militia kind of gets a bad rap. Well, I mean, half the militias ain't shit anymore. But half of them just like to drink beer and hang out. There and wear is, fucking matching stuff. There is a big distrust of the government. I think everybody. There's more power to you. I'm just like, I if that's have, what you want to do, go for it. I even have a little bit of a distrust of the government. I, I think we all know I do. I mean, so the government's not doing anything. Well, let's get into why. Okay. So because of the letter, this is compounding everything else he already had in his mind, obviously. But he was, by this point, he was suspicious that. He, because of these inconsistent messages, messages from the government that he's having to deal with that he already doesn't trust, and his attorney, now he thinks there's a conspiracy involving his attorney against his freedom. I mean, I don't blame him, but let's be honest: the public defender isn't the best at his job. Well, and then because of that, obviously, he's his mind obviously goes to, well, I'm not going to get a fair trial now. Well, that's that's what I was saying about this public defender earlier. I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did do. He tried to reach out, but I'm sorry if I'm working. Well, here's another. One. I'm going to the fucking house. Here's another one. This one's this one's the kicker for me because I think this is fucking horseshit. Because obviously, like we said, he might not have had the best lawyer, but he had a good enough lawyer to fucking straighten this one out. It got even worse when Hoffmeister just, I guess, on his own accord, told Randy that if he lost this trial, he would lose his land, his wife would become homeless, and the government would take his kids. Which is a blatant Even a shit fucking 25-cent lawyer could look at you and say, that's not fucking true, Randy. Right. They can't do that. They don't have a lien against your property. Your property has nothing to fucking do with this. Unless there's some massive federal uh, indictment-level cash of guns or right. drugs just, or something like that just but, for sawing off shotguns and they're, your wife is involved they're not going to do that just no. for sawing off. and plus he <laughs> did not really have a record up to this yeah point. i mean up, up to this point so we move forward to the marshal service actually made several attempts to get randy weaver to surrender peacefully but he refused to leave his cabin and this is where he comes to fault yes being a douche. yes so he negotiated with the U.S. Marshals Ron Evans, W. Warren Mays, that's such a Marshal's name, uh, and David Hunt through third parties from March 5th to October 12th, 1991. That's when Assistant U.S. Attorney Ron Hohen, Howen, whatever, fuck that guy, actually directed them to cease negotiation. And then the U.S. attorney directed that all negotiations go through Hoffmeister. That guy's got a great record up to this point. But Randy Weaver refused to talk to him. So marshals began preparing plans to capture him to stand trial, right. which that's what they do. However, they, did, they were directed to stop these negotiations. But they did make other contact with him 
And on March 4th, 1992, U.S. Marshals Ron Evans and Jack Clough drove to the Weaver property and spoke with Randy, posing as real estate prospects. Sneaky motherfucker. We're just Kiwi Jays. They just keep getting swifty, man. And then, you know, then we get into fucking Art Roderick codenaming it Northern Exposure. Eat my dick, fuckface. Um, and then after that, surveillance teams were dispatched and they set up cameras up. Set up cameras up. <laughs> they set cameras up around so that they could actually record activity on the Weaver's residence. They're surveilling them. Yeah. And they specifically pointed out that the Marshal Service noticed that the Weaver family, that Randy Weaver and his family, if a vehicle were to come onto their property, they would take up armed positions around the cabin until they identified and recognized that person. Which, you know, you have a right to defend your land to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, it's your property out in the middle of the woods. You never know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, taking up armed positions in a defensive position to, I mean, it's actually yeah. kind of smart. But well, and they also they also really uh, they tried to profile him and they really they really fucked that up, too, because they were talking about how he had booby traps all over the place and shit like that. And it just completely 100 percent exaggerated how he was looked at the potential danger that they were dealing with with this situation, which it is a potentially dangerous situation. He does have guns. He is hunkered down. Like, you're probably not just going to roll in there and walk out with him, but... No, he has a strong dis- distrust. And of- military training. Right. He's Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's another fucking throw-in nobody this uh, from, from a person that never should have been fucking involved in this. Somebody uh, hired a helicopter to fly over. Fuck this guy. Um, it was Geraldo Rivera's <laughs> helicopter. Geraldo Rivera. That- who apparently, like, apparently, I guess he's from Cleveland. Uh, he lives or in he lives in Cleveland. He lives in Cleveland now. So on April 18th, 1992, the, the Marshal Service received media reports that Weaver had shot at this helicopter. Uh, that day in Idaho, U.S. Marshals were installing surveillance cameras overlooking the Weaver property. And the field report on April 18th, 1992, filed with Marshal W. Warren Mays, reported seeing a helicopter near the Weaver property, but not that any shots were heard. Now, when the helicopter pilot Richard Weiss was interviewed by the FBI, Richard Weiss said that Weaver had not fired on his helicopter. They did not find any bullet holes in this helicopter. They had no evidence of the shots taken at this helicopter. However, in spite of fucking Richard Weiss's repeat denials that shots had been fired at his helicopter... Howen charged that as overt act 32 of the Weaver's conspiracy against the federal government. Randy, Vicky and Harris fired two shots at the Rivera helicopter. So it's kind of like the fucking letter to, to Ronnie. I yeah, yeah. Never fucking happened. It's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. So move ahead a little bit. August 21st, 92, six marshals were sent to scout the area. This is where we get, get good to scout the area to determine suitable places away from a cabin to apprehend and arrest Randy Weaver. So they were dressed in military fatigues, so camouflage. Mm-hmm. They were equipped with night vision goggles, and they had M16s. All right, I'll give them that. That's fine. I'm cool with that, I guess. Because you don't know what you might be getting into. Right, there. they have to. Law enforcement. You have, have to be able to defend yourself. Right. I'll give you that one. 
So Deputy U.S. Marshals David Hunt, Joseph Thomas, and Frank Norris formed an observation post team. Oh, sorry, observation post team on the ridge north of the cabin. Now, at one point, Roderick threw two rocks at the Weaver cabin to test the dog's reaction. No shit. The dog barked. Herp derp derp. You fucking shit knob. The only dog that would bark in that sense is Chalupa Cabra. So, I don't even know where she's at. Right? So this made, this caused Sammy Weaver and Kevin Harris um, to leave the cabin Dude. to follow Stryker, was the dog's name, because they, they were hoping that he had kind of tagged on a some like a deer, some type of wild game. Because I guess food. I guess the cabin was out of meat. Oh, did we talk about the birthing shed? Oh, you have not talked about that yet, but I figured you'd get into it with when Yeah, while we're talking about the cabin, it has a fucking birthing shed. Because apparently when women are on their menstrual cycle or giving birth, it's unclean yeah, and they should unclean. not be in the house. No, I agree. Suck I'm a joking, ladies. fat bag of donkey dicks, you fucking Taking a, an industrial nuclear suck on my shit pipe, you idealistic fuck. I don't know. Okay, moving on. That's all. <laughs> so, again, they were hoping that the dog noticed some type of a game animal because mm -hmm. they needed meat. So the recon team, being Roderick, Cooper, and Deegan, initially retreated through the woods in radio contact with the OP team, but later took up hidden defensive positions. Hmm. Here we go. This is where shit gets weird. So later on, the observation team and the weavers claimed the dogs were alerted to the recon team in the woods after neighbors at the foot of the mountain started their pickup truck. I don't really know how that works, but we're not going to get into that. There's no fucking dive into that. So the recon team retreated uh, through the woods to a Y in the in the trails, the, I'm assuming roads, kind of. Probably, a, yeah, a path. Basically. Yeah, yeah, like a split, in, a, a split in the road where you have to, I don't remember what Pocahontas said in that song about the river bend. Just around the river bend. So, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, man. So, they're at the Y Junction, about 500 yards west of the cabin. Out of sight of the cabin, and then Sammy and Harris followed Stryker through the woods while Randy also took a separate logging trail. The girls stayed at the house, which is now we're going to get into the names. Uh, the kid, the mother, Vicky, the daughters, Sarah, Rachel, and the baby daughter, Elisheba. Whatever. There's a clear line of where the crazy starts here. About 10 months prior. Writing letters to the president and naming your kid Elisheba. Not normal, but okay. Was that you? It wasn't me, but it's my, my fucking account. Oh. How the fuck is that possible? Somebody it's probably Gonzo. You're a douche, Gonzo. Stole my Facebook picture. It probably is. <laughs> nice try, Gonzo. So, <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, they obviously, the girls stayed at the cabin. The, uh, the observation post team were a little nervous. But then they chilled out a little bit. And then Randy encountered Marshalls at the Y. Roderick claimed that he, or Roderick, again, claimed to have yelled, Back off, U.S. Marshal. And then Cooper said he had shouted, Stop, U.S. Marshal. Now, Sammy and Stryker came out of the woods about a minute later. And when the Marshalls' position was revealed by the dog Stryker, who was a yellow lab, the, uh, 
You're such a dork. <laughs> so the dog reveals their position. So uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Roderick shot the dog dead. And after seeing this, Sammy Weaver reacted by shooting in the direction of Roderick. And District United States Marshal Cooper then shot towards Sammy Weaver and Kevin Harris, who both sought cover. Harris found cover behind a tree stump. Got to be a stump. Got to be a stump. Has to be. And then, well, and then he, he shot one unnamed shot back, apparently, which I guess hit and ended up killing U.S. Marshal William Francis Bill Deegan. Sammy Weaver, now taken off up the hill, took a shot in the back and killed uh, U.S. Marshal Cooper. We're on a roll here. We're on a fucking roll. I, I, it, it, it's just because it's so fucking fast. It happens so so quickly. So that being said, later ballistics reports showed that 19 rounds were fired during the fight. U.S. Marshal Roderick fired one shot from an M16, which killed the dog. And if you want to get really into this, it entered two inches from the dog's anus and exited the chest. So he shot the dog from behind. Foreshadowing here. Yeah, that's already a bitch move. So then Sammy Weaver fired three shots from a 223 Ruger Mini 14 at Roderick, supposedly. Deegan fired seven from an M16 at Harris and Weaver while, while moving forward at least 21 feet. So they were not being defensive. So he was engaging yes. at this point. Which, which if you're in a firefight, if you're in a firefight and you have the ability to engage and move up on them. At this point, yeah. I don't have a problem with this, yeah. but it does which I'm sure you'll get into it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And, uh, Marshall Cooper fired six rounds from a nine millimeter Colt submachine gun. Now, Kevin Harris fired two rounds from a 30, 30, six rifle striking and killing United States Marshal Deegan. So after all this, Sammy Weaver had in fact been killed by a shot to the back while he was retreating Shot in the back. So the fourteen-year-old kid was running away and got shot in the back and killed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when Kevin Harris fired the one supposedly unnamed shot that killed Marshall Deegan. So take that for what you will. Firefight, yes. Shoot a fourteen-year-old kid in the back and kill him. Even after that, I don't think so. After you shot his dog, uh, just to play devil's advocate, I agree with you. The, but uh, and, and devil's advocate is is a necessary part to be played in this. I will say, like, I I think it's fucked up. In but firefight, we don't know the exact time frame on this. Was this minutes, seconds, or what? You know, we don't know how how quick things happen. Right now, was that one shot that killed the fourteen year old? Yes, it hit him in the back. The kid was obviously moving away, but did he just turn and raining again? Did he turn? We don't know exactly what happened. Did he turn and it was going away and then he got hit? Or had he been running for a while, then got hit? You know, you don't... In, in the fog of... And nobody will ever know that. In the fog of a firefight, yes, it sucks and it's it's bad optics, but I don't... I can't say for sure right. if it was... Okay, this oh. kid's running away, I'm shooting a motherfucker. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know. Now, I, jumping forward a little bit this on this one, in 97, Boundary County Sheriff... Greg Sprungle conducted an independent search of the Y in the road and the investigator Lucien Hogg discovered and confirmed, <clears throat> excuse me, that a bullet found in that search matched deputy marshals 
nine millimeter Colt submachine gun and contained fibers that match Sammy's shirt, conclusing conclusively proving that Marshall Cooper shot fourteen year old Sammy Weaver in the back wow. while he was retreating. Then it, then they get into the argument of like, well, Sammy or uh, uh, what's his fuck Weaver says this, and the marshals say that. Of course they do. Of fucking course they do. There's, that's never going to add up. So after this firefight, Hunt and Thomas went to a neighbor's house to call for assistance from the United States Marshal Service Crisis Center. Norris, Cooper, and Roderick stayed with Deegan's body at the Y, while Randy and Vicky went to the Y to retrieve Sammy's body. And then they subsequently put his body in a guest cabin near the main cabin. I thought they put him in the birthing shed. No, guest cabin. Oh. So... We move on a little further. August 21st at 11.20 a.m. Pacific time, of course. Uh, U.S. Marshal Hunt requested immediate support from Idaho law enforcement, and he also alerted the FBI by notifying it that a marshal had been killed. That's an all points right there for the government. Marshal Service Crisis Center was activated under the direction of Duke Smith, Associate Director of Operations. The Marshal Service Special Operations Group, SOG, was alerted to deploy, and in response to the Marshal Service call, the Boundary County Sheriff's Office mobilized as well. And also, uh, the governor also declared a state of emergency, which allowed the Boundary County Sheriff's Office to use the Idaho National Guard armory at Boner's Ferry, Bonner's Ferry. So we're just throwing everything we have at these kit, these people right now. Right. Literally everything. Has the whole party got there yet? Right, like every fucking optional thing that we have to throw at this family is happening right now. So we get into um, the the addendum, if you will, the amended special uh, rules of engagement that they made for this. Did you read this? No. Okay. So according to lore on August 22nd, Special rules of engagement were drafted and approved by FBI headquarters and the Marshal Service for use on Ruby Ridge. One, if any adult in the area around the cabin is observed with a weapon after the surrender announcement had been made, deadly force could be could and should be used to neutralize the individual. Two, if any adult male is observed with a weapon prior to the announcement, deadly force can and should be employed if the shot could be taken without endangering any children. Three, if compromised by any dog, the dog can be taken out. Fuck you. you. Yeah. You already did. Four, any subjects other than Randy Weaver, Vicky Weaver, Kevin Harris presenting threat of death or grievous bodily harm FBI rules of deadly force apply. Deadly force can be utilized to prevent the death or grievous bodily injury of to oneself or that of another. From the this is from the sworn statement of the FBI SAC Eugene Glenn, and in a footnote on this report that they made about these rules of engagement, the ROE was modified from adult to adult male in ROE point two to exclude Vicky Weaver around two thirty to three p.m. after consul- consultation with SAC Eugene Glenn because Vicky Weaver was not seen at the site of Deegan's slaying. Hmm. So they're basically green lighting everybody that was at the Y. If you have a gun, you're getting killed. Yeah. Now. And if you don't have a gun, you're going to get killed. Yes. Now. I kind of knew this was going to be kind of a long one. But we're, I mean. I mean, we're not doing bad. No, we're not doing bad. So 
now we get into some some uh, some honest opinions on shit. Some deployed FBI agents, in particular the sniper slash observers, would later describe the adopted ROE or rules of engagement as a quote green light to quote shoot on sight. Pretty much. Which which given the given what has happened, I'm not saying it's right, but I kind of cops are pissed when you kill one of their own, they get pissed. Yeah. But agent has already been shot. I don't, it's against policy. I know I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm mm-hmm. playing, sound like an asshole probably, but I kind of, I get it, I guess to a certain extent, but it's not right. Um, I don't know. Now, do you want to hear the actual rules of engagement yeah. for 1992 as, yes. uh, as accepted by the FBI? Yes. I have those too. Agents are not to use deadly force against any person except as necessary in self-defense or the defense of another. When they have ran, when they have reason to believe that they or another are in danger of death or grievous bodily harm, whenever feasible, verbal warning should be given before deadly force is applied. Now, just to play devil's advocate, that was the FBI's accepted rules of engagement in 1992. But it all just I kind to kind of justify it. I guess they had already shot, already been an encounter. Two people are already dead, one on each side. So it already escalated to a certain That's when you open the window in the cabin and you go, we're even. (laughs) We're good. Clean slate, guys. Tabla Blanca. But with the new agenda or the new whatever, Randy couldn't even really think about it, couldn't even give up. Mm -hmm. He walks out the door, he's getting fucking shot to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. So moving on, August 22nd, the second day of the siege. Between 2.30 and 3.30, the FBI FBI HRT sniper slash observer teams were briefed and deployed in the cabin. According to the RRTF report, there's a lot of stuff in here, I don't know. uh, To the Department of Justice, there were various views and interpretations taken of the rules of engagement by members of the FBI SWAT teams that were deployed at this incident. So Denver SWAT team leader Gregory Sexton described them as quote, severe and quote, inappropriate. Two members of the Denver SWAT team said they were quote, strong and quote, a departure from the standard deadly force policy quote, inappropriate and of a sort of an assort and of a sort one had never been given before. Other SWAT team members were taken aback by the rules and that most of them clung to the FBI's standard deadly force policy. Another team member responded to the briefing on the rules of engagement with, quote, you've got to be kidding. I applaud those guys for having the balls to say right. something. But I think this lends into that conspiracy I was talking about earlier at the beginning of the show. Somebody had it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So according to later interviews, uh, a sniper, Dale Monroe, saw the rules of engagement as a, quote, green light to shoot armed adult males on site. And sniper Edward Wenger believed that if he observed armed adults, he could use deadly force, but he was to follow standard deadly force policy for all other individuals. Now, Fred Lansley, the FBI hostage negotiator at Ruby Ridge, was surprised and shocked at the rules of engagement, the most severe rules he had heard in more than 300 hostage situations. Who, what agency was top dog on this one at this point? I think the FBI. The FBI took over. No, the marshals. The marshals? The marshals. 
Because now it's a federal court case. And the marshals are the one who made this directive, the shoot to kill. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's well the FBI, but it's the FBI's rules of engagement. I mean, the new rules of engagement. The FBI just kind of blankets it. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. So, uh, actually, there you go. In 96, the Senate report criticized the rules of engagement as a, quote, virtual shoot-on-site order, which ain't that, no. No. Fuck you. We're not dealing with, uh, like, terrorists. Well, theoretically, if you want to get blood hairs. I mean, in a way, yes. In a way, but not really. Not really. Now they're seen as that. Right. At this point in this whole thing. You have to keep in mind, this is all over a fucking bench warrant for a failure to appear on just sawed-off shotguns. Right. Right. So before negotiators were even able to arrive at this cabin, uh, FBI sniper Lon Horiuchi. Oh, this cockney. From over 200 yards away, above the cabin, shot and wounded Randy Weaver in the back with the bullet exiting his armpit while he was lifting the latch on the shed to visit the body of his dead son. Right, that was in the guests. Yes. Now, the this sniper later testified in the trial that he had put his crosshairs on Weaver's spine, but Weaver moved at the last second. That was a shoot to kill. Yeah. Now, as... As Randy Weaver and his 16-year-old daughter, Sarah, not Alicia, whatever, uh, and Kevin Harris ran back to the house, Horiuchi fired a second bullet, hitting Kevin che- Kevin Harris in the chest. But this bullet went through Kevin Harris's chest, through the door, and hit I, Vicky Weaver, I believe, dead in the fucking head wow. while she was holding wow. their 10-month-old baby. So now Vicky Weaver's dead. Now, I've heard this is where it gets, this is another one that gets funky to where I heard that the kid was behind her and it went through her and went through, I've heard both stories. I mean, either way. I, I heard both stories. He was in, it went yeah. through her and then hit him in the chest. Either way. Either way. It's erroneous either way. Right. But he, You're not talking about armed people. You know, I didn't see anything that said they were armed. I would assume Randy had a fucking gun on him. Yeah, but Randy's not Kevin Harris. Right. So, which might justify not justify, but rationalize why he fired on Randy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I've I've never been in prob and never will be in one of these situations. So I don't know. I can't speak to no how matter, you feel in this shit. No matter what, he fired basically blindly into the cabin, knowing that there's, you know, four four kids, you know, three at least three other kids in that fucking. Well, room. and let's also talk about this: the Department of Justice office. Of professional responsibility on June 1994, this is later on, obviously, stated unequivocally in conclusion in its executive summary that the rules that allowed the second shot to have been made did not satisfy constitutional standards for legal use of deadly force. Oh, we'll get into that, I'm sure. So according to the Department of Justice, he unconstitutionally killed two, well, injured one and killed another. Well, you're going to. Cover more of that in the aftermath of all this, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I touch on it. I, I, I didn't. I don't give enough of a fuck about that human being to really spend too much time on it. But it does come up. I do talk about it. So, uh, Monday, August twenty fourth, the fourth day of the siege, FBI Deputy Assistant Director Danny Colson, who did not know that Vicky Weaver had been killed, wrote a memo with the following content. 
Something to consider was his header. One, charges charge against Weaver's bullshit. Two, no one saw Weaver do any shooting. Three, Vicky has no charges against her. And four, Weaver's defense, he ran down the hill to see what the dog was barking at. Some guys in camis shot his dog, started shooting at him, killed his son. Harris did the shooting. He's in pretty strong legal position. Right. So oh. the standoff was ultimately resolved by civilian negotiators, including Bo Gritz, to whom Weaver agreed to speak. Through Gritz's mediation, Harris, who had earlier urged Weaver to end his suffering, surrendered on August 30th. He was removed on a stretcher, and then he was flown by Air Force Medical Evacuation Helicopter to, excuse me, Sacred Heart Medical Center. Uh, Randy Weaver allowed the removal of his wife's body, which uh, Bo Gritz himself oversaw, which Bo Gritz was a... uh, a presidential candidate had, you know, some possible loose ties to some racism, but we'll just leave that for you guys to look into if you want to. It's a thing. So <laughs> FBI commander gave Gritz a deadline to get the remaining weavers to surrender. And if they did not surrender on the day of the deadline, he said he would resolve the standoff by launching a tactical assault. Randy Weaver and his daughters surrendered the next day. Both Harris and Weaver were arrested. Harris was in serious condition at Sacred Heart, but the marshals did not allow his parents to see him or talk to him by telephone until Monday evening. That's fucked, too. Eat my dick. I want to talk to my mom. Fuck you guys. I'm going home. So Randy Weaver's daughter was daughters were released to the custody of relatives and federal officials considered charging Sarah, who was 16, as an adult. For fucking what? I don't know. The little girl didn't do anything but be young, dumb, and racist. Which is not a crime. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it ain't a crime. You're allowed to be right. Ra- you can be as racist as you want. Technically. Just don't be legally, young, dumb. Be young, dumb, and racist. Be young, dumb, and broke like Khalid. Good song. Yep. Yep. All over a bench warrant over a sawed off shotgun. So April, 1993, uh, this whole thing went to court in, uh, Boise. It was presided over by judge Edward Lodge. Uh, Randy's defense attorney, Jerry Spence rested his case in mid June without calling any witnesses for the defense. Instead seeking to convince the jury through cross examination aimed at discrediting government evidence and witnesses. I don't know if I agree with that thought process, but it would realistically looking at the facts here, it would probably do itself. You would think. Yeah. Yeah. So Randy was ultimately acquitted in July of all charges, except missing his original court date and violating his bail conditions for which he was sentenced on in October to 18 months and fined $10,000. So they even dropped the, uh, sawed off. Mm-hmm. No, he got his original shit. Okay. And, the original and the mm-hmm. failure to appear. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, wait, no. Yeah. Just uh, court date and bail. So the original thing they... He, yeah, they, yeah, I guess so. Huh. So... Seems like a colossal waste of yeah, time now. Right? So he was credited, and he was even credited with time served and good behavior. So he served less than 16 months and was released from the Canyon County Jail in Caldwell in mid-December. He got out the same fucking year. Yeah. 
So Kevin Harris was defended by attorney David Nevin and was acquitted of all charges. Five years after the incident, like exactly five years, um, he was indicted by Boundary County Prosecutor Denise Woodbury for the first-degree murder of Deputy U.S. Marshal Bill Deegan, but the charge was dismissed in early October on grounds of double jeopardy because he had been acquitted in the federal criminal trial on this same charge in 1993. Why did they even charge him? I think they're just trying to fucking make a name for themselves at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously there's a big fucking, there's a big hubbub within the federal government of investigating their own people over this. As as they should. And it's not just, that's why I kind of left this one out because it's not just that it's that and Waco because Waco was so close after this and they both were fucked. And this, even though you would think that the U.S. the government would try to take Waco as an opportunity to kind of brush this shit under the rug. And the same sniper was at both. Yeah. Yes. Horiyuchi was at both. So Randy Weaver and his daughters filed a wrongful death suit for $200 million, which was related to the killing of his wife and son. Now, in an out-of-court settlement in August of 95, the federal government awarded Randy Weaver hundred grand. And it also awarded $1 million to each of his three daughters. So $3.1 million total. Fair enough. Now, the government did not admit that it had committed any wrongdoing in the deaths of Sammy and Vicky. And one condition of anonymity, uh, or on under the condition of anonymity, a unnamed, obviously, because anonymity, a Department of Justice official told the Washington Post that he believed that the Weaver, the Weavers would have probably won the full amount if the case ever went to trial. And I don't disagree. I don't either. Absolutely, probably would. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. So although federal officials vowed that they would never pay someone who had killed a U.S. Marshal in September 2000, Harris was awarded $380,000 settlement by the government as well. Hmm. Yeah. So we're looking at $3.5, almost $3.5 million out of this whole thing. Not worth your loved ones, but, you know, it's something. Right. Yeah. So let's get to some state charges. In 97, Boundary County Prosecutor Denise Woodbury indicted FBI sniper Lon Horiuchi for manslaughter on state charges just before the state of the statute of limitations for the crime expired. So, yeah, so she so she goes after Kevin Harris and now she's going after the sniper. This chick is literally just out here trying to make a name for herself. But he should have been charged. No, no, no. I I agree. But she, this bitch is just trying to make a name for herself. She's going, oh, I'm going to go after the two people, the two names that I can possibly go after in the biggest thing that's happened in this state. Yes, but I think that fucker should have been charged. No, I, I totally agree. I just think it's bullshit that she also went after Kevin Harris. Well, well yeah, I mean. Like, bitch, he already got acquitted in federal court. Right. The fuck do you think your podunk ass is going to do? So, anyway. <laughs> So in 98, the trial was removed to federal court because Horiyuchi had been acting in the line of duty as a federal law enforcement as, officer. As it should have been. In the first yes. Place, yeah. The federal government should have yeah. filed charges. But Judge Lodge quickly dismissed the case on grounds of sovereign immunity. Hmm. I'm a sovereign citizen. Yeah, try that shit. Yeah. It don't work for us, but apparently it works for motherfuckers that shoot people in the back. And shoot a fucking unarmed woman with a baby in the head. In the face. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, he should have because he that second shot was unconstitutional. No, 
Yeah, or the, yes. The, the shot that killed Yes. Vicky. They even they even labeled it. Like they right. they looked into it and said that it was unconstitutional so, like an unconstitutional shot. Why the fuck did he get off? Because he works for the government. Yeah. So the that's the, my issue with this. The decision to dismiss charges was reversed six to five in two thousand and one by in Bain by an in Bain panel of the Ninth Circuit, which held that enough uncertainty about the facts of the case existed for Horiuchi to stand trial on state manslaughter charges. Bounty Bounty County Prosecutor Brett Benson, who defeated Woodbury in the May 2000 primary, nobody gives a fuck, decided to drop the case. He said he believed that it was unlikely the state could prove the criminal charges and too much time had passed. Attorney Stephen Yagman who had been appointed to as the special prosecutor said he vehemently disagreed with that decision. He just didn't want to. So what happens? You have a chick that comes out here who's hold holds all public office in a place that's going after people trying to make a fucking name for herself. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, you didn't get Kevin Harris. Oh, we're going to take Horiuchi. We're going to take the sniper to court. No, you're not. You're going to take the sniper to court. We're going to take that court case. We're going to bump it to fed court. Oh, you're going to overrule it. Well, we're going to bump you out of office and we're going to put somebody in office that's going to fucking get rid of this for us. Fuck you. That's exactly what the fuck happened. And I will not be told otherwise. Okay. I can't disagree. I mean- All signs point to yes. Fucking horse shit. Now, one of the last things I have here, it is basically the last thing. Really, it is the last thing. Is the correlation to actual, like, legitimate domestic terrorism. Okay. For example... Timothy McVeigh, Oklahoma City, right, and Terry Nichols, who will just go over this whole thing. They claimed that revenge for the federal government's poor handling of Ruby Ridge and the Waco siege was their motivation for the Oklahoma City bombing. And on April 19th, 1995, the second anniversary of the fire that ended the Waco siege, they detonated a massive truck bomb in front of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building. Right. So apparently because of Ruby Ridge and Waco, they felt the need to do that, which don't make shit right. You're still fuck job pieces of shit. Right. But the fact that somebody felt that they were pushed to that point by a government, you know, it's touchy and it's hard, hard to justify anything, especially the bombing. No, I don't justify. I don't justify any of it at all. But I kind of, I see how it could push somebody. I mean, think about what they did at Ruby Ridge. They said, there. I heard you, you two thousand is what I saw. What I saw two thousand agents total. Oh, two thousand mm-hmm. at Ruby Ridge. I mean, I heard at any given time there were four hundred agents on site. Well, I think I think the two I think the two thousand uh, estimate is including local policing as well, policing in general. They brought in fucking tanks. They brought dozers in. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this. To, to knock down a path. To make a path for the fucking tanks. Yeah. For Well, they had tanks at Waco, too. For three women, or three adults, and four children. Yeah. Now, that one is... One arguable adult. Two full-fledged adults, still, one young adult, and four children. Three he, children at that he, point. He had... Sammy's dead. Well, no, just even... Oh, just from jump, yeah. From jump. Because Sammy's 14 S- years old. Seven, the oldest daughter was 16. Seven fucking people. Seven. Yeah. You need that many fucking government agents right. to fucking take care of this. Can you say 
fucking overkill. And if I'm being honest, this, I don't understand this. It's called a siege for a reason. Yeah. You don't have to fucking go in hot. Just sit there. Well, Tom is on your fucking side. And eventually the motherfucker going to come out and get hungry. And if you want my humble opinion that, and I'm not saying this is my opinion in that this is a hundred percent what I think, but to play devil's advocate on another side of this whole thing, part of me thinks that the government saw in this situation and in a guy like Randy Weaver, the public ability to pull back the veil of bullshit that they've got over us. And they were like, no, we're going to nip this in the bud and we're going to send this fucking, this example to anybody else that thinks this way, that wants to not do what we say. And other than a couple incidences, for the most part, this anti-Zionist, all this shit, not saying that I agree with any of that particularly, but right. a lot of these people that are anti-government have been pretty fucking quiet. They're not as boisterous as they normally, they used Mm-mm. to be. No. Which. Because they're afraid they're going to get, their wife's going to get shot in the face and their kid's going to get shot in the back and, and their congregation's going to get burnt to the ground let's, and let's be, with them inside it. Let's be somewhat honest. This Ruby Ridge turned out shitty, but it could have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Well, because there was there was neo Nazi protesters from the Aryan nations at like at at they tried this to site. get him guns. They yeah. tried to drive yeah. through with ammunition. Yeah, and they got stopped. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But this thing when he they killed Vicky, mm-hmm. his son. I'm referring to Randy now. His son had already been killed. Vicky, his wife, was shot dead. His other son, or was it the friend that got? Yeah, the other son was shot. By the same, but you know, that killed Vicky. Yeah, he. Well, Kevin Harris, like, not the he was he was a son. Friend. He was yeah. a friend. He was a family friend. The the other third. I think family. he just they took him in as right. as their own. This, get it, when you're seeing your wife holding your baby getting shot in the fucking face and then on top of that, I didn't even have it in my notes. There was on top of the the fact that, mind you. One would assume Vicki Weaver was in the cabin. So one would assume that the government, the federal agents didn't know that she was dead yet because there was no communication. Right. No, they had a bullhorn, the old fashioned bullhorn trying to communicate. But after she's dead, they've got negotiators out there going, send out Vicki and the kids. So then you've got the, like they're then you've got a, a guy sitting in his house, looking at his wife with a hole in her fucking face. And, unbeknownst to him you might not know that she's dead but you're out there send out your wife you stupid fucking idiot we're trying to fuck her head whole send her out they're you know t- like that's what he's gonna think they're taunting him. yeah so it could have turned out it could have been so much worse because a lot of people would have been strapped the fuck up and kicking that door down coming out like fucking stallone in 87 i don't know if you might have mentioned this while i was gone but do you know what the name of the alphabet city there down at the bottom you know what it's called right you didn't, you, didn't hear, you didn't find that in your notes? It was called Camp Vicky. Oh, was it? Tent. I didn't know that. That's where a lot of the conspiracy stuff for this turned in, that Randy really... Well, and then there's also the fact that, like, you have in, in this and in Waco, you've got fucking guys that are supposed to be on the same team, FBI, ATF, and even within those groups individually, you've got the, the SWAT-type guys and the SOG guys and the snipers and shit sitting here talking shit to the negotiators saying that they're fucking pussies. Like, let's just go fucking, let's just go light them the fuck up and get them. 
you guys are a bunch of bitches. Fuck this shit. Right. But that, there was so there was infighting within the federal government agencies that were represented at this thing. But that's where a lot of the conspiracy is that maybe Vicky, because Vicky, like you said early in this podcast, she wore the pants. She was the. See, but at the same time, in this kind of situation, for all we know, she was, she just went, and I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead here, but like she could have just been full pussy at that point. Once what? all that shit started going on, you don't know. Like oh, she might have been, but like I have this vision, all this stuff before that. But once all this shit pops off, for all we know, all she wanted to do was sit there with the baby and be like, and just be like, I don't even know what's going on. What's happening? I theoretically hear what Randy should have did. You to Vicky, take the kids, get them the fucking stuff. If you're going to hold out, start walking, walk down. Yeah. Get your little white flag. I don't give a fuck. Did you see the last picture that was taken of Vicky Weaver? No. It It was like, dude, it literally looked like an evidence photo from like a haunted place It was literally just Vicky Weaver by herself wearing a night, white nightgown, like hair kind of over her face, just in the middle of like an area between buildings on their, on their property, just standing there. And I was like, is this, this lady like going out there with her thought process and views? Like, was that her just going, I'm not going to see the bottom of this mountain again, so I'm going to get this view out, one this view into right. my eyeballs one more time. I just don't think that this, even Waco and all these, because like I said, this was the snowball. This was mm-hmm. the the Fort Sumter of all this shit. This was a shot, got the ball rolling. Yeah. Now, like you said, Waco was right <laughs> after this, and Waco was even more of a cluster, more of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But the same tactics were fucking used. Oh, yeah. Which led to... Okay, Even worse. They used fucking the tear gas that they knew was flammable. Which provoked the Timothy McVeigh's of the world. You know? Well, and that's why... So, like, all this shit is part... Not... Like, it's part of the reason why, like, I threw... Like, I remember when we made this fucking list of episodes, I bumped Ruby Ridge up. And it's because shit like this... Yes, of course they want it to be fucking swept under the rug. Right. But fuck that. There's going to be, there's outlets like this and other podcasts and TV shows. Like you can't sweep that shit under the rug. And this one is, if we fucking forget about stuff like this, it's just going to keep fucking happening. And the next thing you know, we're going to be in a a, a personal opinion, a tyrannical aristocratic fucking just imagine if we let it go. If, if nobody talks about this stuff, if nobody keeps these inklings of thought in their mind, but if you think about the three things that I just mentioned, Ruby Ridge, Waco and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Oklahoma now, city to your point. Yes, we are already an aristocracy, right? This one, the one that got it all started, mm-hmm. the launching point for all this bullshit. Is, and that's my other thing is, is I want to know how many of these, there, you know, there was more, Oh, yeah. you know, there was the, the, I, I this shit that, happened before this, yeah. but you just don't fucking know about it. And this one, you don't hear this one ha- is not as popular as say Waco. Of course, you can't hide no. the fucking Waco. That's good. Well, they haven't made a Netflix documentary about Ruby plus, Ridge. It was on the fucking news. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like fucking the Iraq war. In, well, war yeah. And when you have a 30 minute recorded phone call of a dude right. screaming for them to call off the attack because right. there's women and children in the building right. and all you can hear is gunfire in the background. I mean, but my point is. I'm not a fucking special agent. I don't work for the fucking yeah. government. Some gangster Waco shit, though, and that dude just, that Steve guy just threw the fucking phone out the front door. I was like, man, you guys are idiots, and you're probably going to die, but that was pretty gangster. Right. <laughs> Be like, oh, yeah, Mr. Hostage negotiator, fuck your phone. And then eventually he ended up pulling the whole fucking thing back in, though. But, you know, 
why do the why do the why do the agents have to storm in? They have them surrounded. They're not going anywhere. Time is on your fucking side. Say the government doesn't like this podcast, and the next thing you know, we're getting phone calls from fucking a hostage negotiator. We want us to turn ourselves in. The Can U- I smoke first? The YouTube police are coming after us. Right. I mean, cool, man. You better you better let me light a cigarette and give me a fucking beer on the way to the car. They don't have to fucking storm this place. Sit out there long enough. Eventually, our fat asses are going to get hungry. We're going to eventually eat all the food here. So by tomorrow morning. That happened in Waco. That's how they bugged Waco. We're going to get the fucking milk. We're going to get fucking McDonald's or something. We're leaving. You don't have to storm these fucking places. Eventually, they're going to fucking come out. Or they're going to off themselves. Then that's the way it is. Yeah, and at that point, your fucking job is done one way or the other. Why is the government so fucking... The only collateral damage you have to worry about like, explaining at that point is your suspects. Now, I understand hostage, hostage hostage situations where they have other people, but these were all family members. Mm-hmm. This is all on Randy and Vicky, okay? They're the adults in this well, Yeah, because, I mean, when you think about, like, yeah, the kids were a, of a certain age, but... I mean, look at the ideals that these people held on to. Like, I'm pretty right. sure these kids were probably terrified of their parents in a God-fearing way. Nice. They probably listened to every fucking word that rolled off their mom and dad's tongue. Because, But my point is, nothing good can come by storm. Somebody's going to die. Well, and especially when you consider the fact that they are subsistence livers. So the kids that do depend on their parents, that's all they know. They don't, what the fuck are they going to do? You take a 10-month-old baby that's 10 months old at this time, or not, okay, so you take like an a, a 8-year-old kid mm-hmm. that hasn't been taught to shoot and hunt and shit like that, you're going to listen to mom and dad. Right. It's literally the only reason you're alive, which all parents are like that, but like if I was 15 and you were my dad and you were beating me, I could go somewhere. These kids don't know that nothing, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the neighbors 10 miles away that doesn't like you. Cause he tried to fucking get you fucked over a $2,100 fucking land deal. I just don't think if there's no innocent bystanders or hostages, you don't have to fucking go in. Oh yeah. Janet Reno, yeah. that big bitch, big bird. Uh, she's like fucking, she's taller than me. Yeah. But you don't have to die in like what, 2016 or something like that. I think so. If a family is that dirty, bitch, if you're surrounded a family, you know, they're going eventually it's a waiting game. I'd sit out yeah. there. I'd get on a bullhorn and say, "Hey, DoorDash is coming. We're eating. You hungry? Come on out." I guarantee you. After a while, the motherfuckers will get hungry. They're gonna come out. Where's your even a fifteen-piece lemon pepper boneless wing from Wingstop? Fifteen feet outside the door. Put your weapons down and feast. I put a big. We fan. promise we won't shoot you put like big, the rest of them. I, all you need is put a get your food up. Put a big fan. Have a little barbecue out there at Camp Vicky. Get a God, big, better, or try to do that shit they did a, in Waco with that fucking sound torture. Get a big fan and just blow the aroma to the house. Eventually, after a few days, the motherfuckers are gonna be hungry. I mean. Yeah, but they lived in a fucking a hut. Well, it was a, the cabin was actually pretty nice, but it didn't have a lot of the amenities. Nah, so a, you'd have to be able to smell the food over themselves. That's true. But and I, plus, I would imagine the birthing shed had a pretty pungent aroma in the summertime. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but, I mean, you don't have to. Time is on your side. As long as you can keep them in one, in one area. Yeah, I mean, if they're not going. As long as you can keep the th- threat. From leaving the controlled area. If you have them surrounded, they can't go. They can't get away. Oh, you know, so 
you don't have to go in guns to blazing. Yeah, I, but clearly they didn't take that fucking route. No, they never fucking do. No, that's it, a, that's part of the problem. It's like the the government's gonna win. Oh yeah, you're fucked. They don't give a fuck how they have to. They can they can justify or cover up anything they need to do to get their fucking way. But like I said earlier, this story, both sides were fucking wrong. Both sides handled things completely fucked it up. Nobody is truly a good guy in this. Not even Randy, you know, Randy Weaver isn't the devil, but he's not. He made a lot of fucking, he could have avoided all this. Just fucking go to make your fucking court date. Show right. up. And if he would have just showed up on when he thought it was, they could have avoided all this. They were giving him that, okay, maybe we'll show up. We know he thought it was the 20th March of March, a month well, off. But like, that's it, the thing. Just, you you issued a bench warrant before the fucking court date. Well, no, it wasn't before. Before what he knew this court date was. Because it was a fuck up. And then you didn't revoke the fucking. Right. The thing. Like, right. But, you know, and they did. They, Marshalls did give him. We'll give him till the 20th. See if he shows up before, you know, we go in guns to blazes. Which, you know. Is some restraint. I give him that. But if he would, if he just would show up on that March twenty, when he thought it was the March twentieth, all this could have been avoided. Yes, he's still going to fucking jail for that bench warrant was still there. Mm-hmm. But it would have saved all this shit. But he wasn't going to show. Well, up. And they even said, well, they said that if he showed up on the twentieth, the day that he thought it was going to be, they would drop the warrant. Right. Which well, is probably said, but God only knows if they would have. You know. Oh yeah. But all this could have been avoided. I mean, to drop the warrant, don't drop the warrant. You fucking got him at that point. Right. He wasn't going to fucking shoot. Like, he I mean, did he have, wasn't. he was in possession and exchanging illegal weapons. Like, you fucking got him. Well, like I said. I all was, you need to do is get him to come to court. And you didn't wait until the day that he thought he had to be in court. And the guy does. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, they sent letters. They got a hold of people. I'm sure I would assume that he knew. You would assume. That he, the they did death. send letters and they did contact people who could go physically contact him. Yeah, but so I would have to assume that he knew. And at that point, you're just a fucking dick. But, but. we're assuming. We're assuming everything. We're, just, you know, you know what happens when you assume. You make an ass out of you and you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, but it's just ow, motherfucker! I cut my nose. What happens when you trimming my nose. nose hairs? No, like just rubbing it. Fucking like it's a real son of a bitch. That's the real tragedy you know, it's here. Just, it's the just, real tragedy to, that we're talking about tonight is the fact that I cut my nose while I was trying to trim my nose hairs. Good alert, night. Alert Geraldo. Get him in a helicopter. God, that big fucking bushy-lipped piece of shit. Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, no, it's just, it's sad all across the board. Yeah, it's fucked. I still stand by that sniper should be in fucking jail. Oh, yeah. That sniper should be in jail. The judge... Within the just the bench warrant judge should be stripped of his fucking legal abilities. Those lawyers never should have been lawyers in the fucking first place. The sniper should be in jail. The guy that fucking was in charge of the snipers should probably be in jail. The motherfucker who changed the directive should have been at least not had a job. Say it all the time, man. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Ah, uh, the home of the brave. Whatever. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I pay my taxes. Don't fuck with me. Not from a threatening standpoint. Literally, that's 
kind of what makes me, I and guess, technically we, fall under libertarian is because if I pay my taxes, leave me the fuck alone. Why do we need 1,500 alphabet agencies? Why? To cover up money tr- transfer and foul play. I don't know. That's just bullshit. And where does the fucking ATF come from anyway? Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. The fuck? Well, that's a fucked up one. I represent the agency that is in charge of fruit roll-ups, Dasani bottled water, and rocks. Makes sense. I believe him. You got a card? Yep. Uh, Because... They, they, federal, it was federal, so the marshals had it was federal, and they, the marshals, uh, declared and decided that it was too risky. They were scared, they were scared to death. Yeah, you're going on somebody else's home turf, but you know, just yeah. And he did, I mean, Randy Weaver did say that he would resist any physical, any attempts to remove him from his property, which again, like. It kind of makes him a dick. I'm like, you can't. That's not how it works, man. Like, but bottom line, he should let the kids go, his wife go. If he wants to go down, ah, Robin Hood man in tights line. Oh, he said, I need you to go out and find my son, Achu. Bless you. No, that's his name. All right. I think that's we, when it, Lil John fell in the fucking creek and it was like an inch deep. He's like, help me. I can't swim. My sister, my oldest sister, used to fucking cry laughing at that part. Uh, all right. I think that's going yeah, to. I need a cigarette. And this episode, uh, hopefully, I will be back uh, next Sunday. We're only on Monday because of the holiday for the zombie day. I know we just pissed off a bunch of religious people. but don't. Yeah, because religious people are heavy in our stream. <laughs> it's like I said, man, I cannot. I'm, I'm fucking pissed. And obviously, it's not looking- Full moon on Easter and not. Not, I didn't, not one fucking around the whole world. I checked not one sighting of werewolf Jesus. It's fucking bullshit. But goods, not as advertised. We will uh, definitely get into Waco uh, in the next, within the next month and a half or so. But like we said, that's going to be a longer episode. That's going to be a multiple, at least a two parter. Uh, but I mean, I've already got an episode coming up that I've got a hard on for. So. Yes, but we want to get to that episode next week. We have Michael Aquino, mm-hmm. the uh, founder of the Temple of Set. We're diving down the. We might as well just piss off all the religious people and talk about some. Ooh, Satan. Fuck! I'm just waiting to do a fucking six part, part six part series on Scientology. Oh fuck that! Now, I told you, I don't want Tom Cruise coming biting my ankles. I was gonna say, what's he gonna do? Punch us in the fucking midsection? You can blow me with an head. overhand right. <laughs> Uh, next week, like I said, we got Michael Kino, we're founder of Temple of Set. Uh, it's kind of a fucked up story. Uh, following week, we have uh, the Williams sisters should start a cult called that. <laughs> uh, the, it's a tennis joke. After that, we have Men in Black, which is we'll be talking about the Will Smith slap again. Yes, we talk about weird worm people. Yes, and then after that, we're going down the true crime water. And sugar. We're the third episode after, yeah, after Men in Black, Ed Kemper. Mm. The, the greatest. Serial. I might have to hand draw some examples for that one. The best serial. I'll get one of those little books that you can like, it like makes a little animation. The most fascinating serial killer of all time. One of them. I know. He's, he's my favorite. I don't know. Pee Wee Gaskins is pretty good. But Pee Wee, have a Pee Wee Gaskins shit's unproven. 
class. Yeah. Yeah. Haddon Clark was an interesting one too. I want to do Haddon Clark. He's a weird one. He's the one that, he's the one that said to his teddy bear while in interrogation. I don't think we're getting out of this one. Yes, but uh we will be but those that's what we call, we have coming up for the next three weeks. Don't forget uh come back Wednesday for what the fuck Wednesday, eight o'clock. I got a good story to talk about on that one. We will cover some of the stuff from last week that we didn't get to because of the computer malfunction. We apologize for that and whatever he's got. So, uh, you know, bubble, but uh, nice. Uh, some, we have some stories. Travis got some new stories and don't forget. We are going to try to keep that as short as possible at an hour. That way we can do the after show. For the Patreon members. A live paranormal investigation? Probably not. Uh, Maybe on our phones. That'd be the only way we could feasibly do it live. Theoretically, we could do one at Rawls Opera House. I'm talking sell tickets and have them come in. Oh, yeah, we could. Theoretically, we could. Well, I was saying like live streaming it Uh, would be a motherfucker where we're at right now with our technology. Well, we went live from Raw. Well, before. we recorded an episode there. I'm, I'm, I was thinking more like he's talking about an actual like live investigation. Well, like we, live on the scene. If I think I can go live on Facebook via phone, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'd have to do it on our phones if we did it. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. There might be something coming up there, David. We're gonna go on an investigation, and then there's gonna be a fucking. They're gonna be like, "Oh, Ghost in the Night is live on Instagram," and people are gonna jump in there. There's gonna be snot everywhere, like Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like oh my god did you get attacked by a demon i'll be like you're just gonna turn it around i'm gonna be standing in the corner no it's gonna be you it's, gonna, no, it's gonna be you sitting there and you're gonna like well whoever's standing in the corner and you're gonna t- fucking turn it it's just gonna be me taking a shit in the court behind you <laughs> all right we are out of here don't forget come back wednesday for what the fuck wednesday uh we thank everybody in the uh chat who uh Stuck around for this long episode. Uh, it's fucking uh, late. I gotta work tomorrow, boy. Don't forget if you want to support the podcast, go to and become a patron or patron of the Patreon account. Go to patreon.com slash GITN podcast and join people like Gregory, David, uh, who else is Shakespeare? There? Shakespeare's in here or was in here. Uh, Jenny, I don't know if Jenny's. all five of them you get a lot of, <laughs> we, we do. There is some investigation shit on there. Uh, we're going to start doing a lot more. You got to kind of a preview of some of the shorts. We need to do another movie review. Those are I. I just like doing those. They're fun. Well, we'll, we'll do. Hey, Shakespeare. Is son. Hey, Shakespeare. Oh, what's up? Uh, but all that stuff's behind the paywall at Patreon. Two bucks gets you in the door. You can go up for different tiers. Uh, Dave, your sticker is on the way. I I just want to see about maybe up put another sticker in. Mm-hmm. We only have, I just gotta, I don't we know. only have one option right now. Uh, we're thinking about changing all that anyway, but I will get it to you. It'll be good this week sometime. By the end of the week, I will have. Maybe I will have it. If, Just and the only reason I say that is because let us. I, I want to see what the the feasibility is of getting that new design. Okay, short like this sometime within this week, maybe. Right. Uh, don't forget to uh, if you want to follow us on. All of our social medias. That would be amazing. Uh, oh, yes. Perfect. Trying. Sorry. What? Shakespeare and David, while you guys are here, I've already talked to Gregory about that. Uh, 
hit me up on the Instagram over there at ghost underscore night underscore podcast. And uh, I haven't figured out the perfect file sharing thing for this. I don't, I'm still looking into it, but I do have those two wallpapers. Why is this email? I th- I mean, I sent it to Gregory on Instagram. I don't know how it translated. I don't know how the download went to his phone. That's I'm waiting to find out from somebody so I know like if I got to email it, email it, whatever. Whatever. Well, uh, we'll I don't know if there's out. a way to make them accessible on the Patreon website. Look into that. We'll figure that out. But also, like you said, Instagram is uh, at ghost underscore. QR underscore. code stickers also in the works. Underscore podcast. Twitter, you can follow us at night underscore ghost. Facebook, ghost in the night. And there's always the uh, good old ticker talker. I need to post something on that. I haven't posted on at TikTok G- in a minute. At G-I-T-N dot podcast. Why do I have all the shit? I got to fucking, like, I, I need clips. I got to come over here and make some clips. Well, David, Facebook is good enough. I'm trying to post more on Facebook. Generally, Instagram is the best, but Facebook is the second best. Twitter blows balls. Uh, but what, what, there was something else in here. Uh, oh, TikTok. There's a. Uh, I got two new videos at sync. Bye, bye, bye. Well, one you won't probably want to post. I posted it today on on YouTube and my. Oh, you posted today? Yeah, I didn't see it. My TikTok, but it was just kind of a highlight. Yeah, I didn't. See it, it was it was one of the funny ones. There's the uh, uh, there's one in there called the Asian Berry White. Yes. All right. We will see you on Wednesday. Thank you for everybody. It's- uh, yeah, Gregory, if you want to hit me up, uh, send me your email. Uh, I can try the email if the quality didn't come through. Like I said, I ju- this was just a fucking. Yeah, this is a spur of moment. Yeah, I just, I, I, just I, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck. It's, it's an option. I can do it. Yeah, but I like that sticker idea. But what was I doing? Fuck. Thanks for thanks for everybody that joined us on the live stream. If you're listening to this oh, yeah. after the fact, if you're catching this after the fact, you can join us on our YouTube ch- channel at youtube.com slash These things suck. Ghost in the night. Yes, they suck. Uh what else we got? Uh, I think that's it. See you Wednesday. Or what the fuck Wednesday. Take care everybody. We love you.